Hi, welcome to a very, very exciting special episode of Oscar Central. We are here to hopefully say our final Oscar nomination predictions. I say hopefully because I get the feeling some of us are going to be tweeting tomorrow that we have corrections. Um, We're recording on Sunday the 22nd and the nominations will be announced on Tuesday the 24th. If you are like me in the Pacific time zone, we will be waking up at 5 a.m. for them. I am Kenzie. I don't know why I said it like that. And I'm here with Nicole. How are you? I'm so good. I am at the place where I have locked in my predictions. And for the sake of my mental health, I'm not allowing myself to change them yeah, anymore. That's, that's probably good. That's probably good because I was texting you and also Lex, who is here um every five seconds what if I switch to this person what if I switch this person and Lex was like please shut up for five seconds (laughs) I'm just kidding Lex never said that that. (laughs) she did not say that um and we're also here with Jacob who you know I feel like you're gonna change your yeah 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 Jacob's Uh, like me he's like uh what if this crazy awful thing happened I'm like yes Jacob it's happening I don't really (laughs) help put out fires I just make them bigger like I don't know like there's just too many categories this year Mm -hmm. where it's like three are kind of locks and the rest it's like there's 19 options that are viable like I don't know what to do with that but I'm so happy because I hate years and I feel like yeah. the past few years we've had a few where it's like everything is so locked in that it's everyone so starts to go a little bit crazy and starts mm-hmm. to be like, what if all three locks in this category miss? And someone from a film that three people have seen gets in because they're just like looking for a way to not match. There's a chance that Carrie Mulligan can win for Promising Young Woman is what you're saying. This year. Yeah. This year. <laughs> there's a chance. Um, no yeah it's really exciting like it there's so much to talk about because there's so much fluidity between so many categories um a lot of our team is not here because they are at Sundance or covering Sundance virtually or they're Ricky and they're doing both and it's his birthday um so happy birthday Ricky uh (laughs) we will talk about Austin Butler at length for you um maybe even Bardo who knows who knows what will what will happen here so um if you're listening this possibly will be very long we just started so i don't know but there's a lot to discuss so if you're listening at a normal time maybe have coffee if you're listening at a late night time maybe have some alcohol i don't know whatever floats (laughs) your boat um so we're gonna start now with the we're not gonna do the shorts by the way um i was having a hard time watching all the shorts and it's too hard to predict but we will go in length on shorts, which is a weird way to say that, eventually, um, once we have the <laughs> nominations. Because it's easier, even though it's still hard to predict those categories, it's easier once they're narrowed down to their final nominations. It's also but, just easier to find them. Yeah, like, it's nominated. really hard. There's a couple I just truly cannot find in documentary feature and yeah. live action. So um, more power to you if you found them all. Don't know how you did it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to start off with a, uh, probably the hardest category ever, every year. Um, oh, and just, sorry, I forgot to say this. We're going to take turns listing our five and then everyone will list, 
either if they're the same or where they differ just to save time. So you're not listening to everyone list five over and over and over. Um, so I will start with a documentary feature, which is funny that the only one I think is a lock is not going to win. And then anything else on the shortlist can get in. Um, so right now my five are All That Breathes, Descendant, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Bad Axe, and Navalny? Jacob okay, is cracking truly, up and I'm like, please stop. Please stop. How is it pronounced? <laughs> Navalny? Um, Navalny? I think it's Navalny. Yeah. Navalny? Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll go ahead and jump in and just say that I have four of the same. And then instead of Bad Axe, I have Fire of Love. I know Fire of Love might be the snub, but I'm honestly wondering if Goodnight Oppie not making the shortlist was the big snub this year. And if then Fire of Love does get in. Um, just because I feel like the thing it has over the normal, like fan favorite documentary is its cinematography. Because I feel like typically whenever there's that like fan favorite doc that like is very, um, popular and, and sort of populist, it's not like as much of a technical achievement as far as love is. So that's why I have it in, but I'm also very prepared to be entirely like literally it could be five other films from the shortlist and i'd be like that tracks <laughs> i um, also um have so i have two different from kinsey and um like nicole i have fire love in um my five not just because i loved that movie with a fire burning <laughs> passion no pun intended um but um, I also, I have Moon Age Daydream in my five, and I'd like to share why. Um, it's not, again, not just because I love it. Again, this isn't the People's Choice Awards. Um, but I think the fact that Moon Age Daydream got put on the shortlist for mm-hmm. sound is just pretty indicative for me. Um, that's a really big deal for a documentary to get on that type of um shortlist and it's also such a technical feat of a documentary that I think if nothing else like it I could see it getting a nod for that alone do I think it's gonna win no but um kind of like everyone else has been saying I mean literally it could be any of the five on the shortlist and it makes sense I don't think there's necessarily wrong answers here it's just um yeah this one's a toss-up but those were the only three that or two that I had different from the rest were in my five yeah, I'll just support you and say I have Moon Age Daydream as my number six. And I kept flip-flopping if I had that or Fire of Love in mm-hmm. because I think it's what is very possible in my mind is that like one of them gets in and one of them misses. But also maybe they both get in. Once again, I, who knows? So I <laughs> have Moon Age Daydream um, as my five. And I have it for the same reason that Lex said. Because it got shortlisted means to me that people are watching it and, and they have seen it. And I was on the BAFTA shortlist for film mm-hmm. editing. Yeah, and that's like a ton of people watched it. Like and even that's more not so. like a place that documentaries usually show up. Mm-hmm. And I Fire of Love and Moon Age Daydream are both like in a, in like similar in how they tell their story. And I feel like because Moon Age Daydream is getting the 
the things beforehand. That's what I gave over the nod of Fire of Love. Because Fire of Love is the one that like came out at Sundance. So it came out so early. Mm-hmm. And everyone then was like, well, of course, this is the documentary like winner. And I don't know. I, it's weird to say like a documentary might have peaked too soon. But it just has that feeling of... It's weird because I feel like the reason it's so strong is because it's had, like, such a long life of being loved. But then I'm also, like, that also hurts it because it came out so long ago. So I'm like, which one is better? Like, I also feel like normally... Yeah. Moon Age Daydream also, just quick side note, got a big theatrical release. Well, Mm -hmm. and it's been into IMAX here like multiple times. And I know that it was the same kind of thing as the RRR. Like Mm -hmm. when it got put back in IMAX, where I know Academy members were going to those screenings. Yeah. But it's just, I, so my other thing is, I have all the Beauty and the Bloodshed in, but I would not be shocked if that's the populist Mm -hmm. mix. Because yeah. I'm also just like the people who love it really do love it, but there are a lot of people who really hate it, like really hate it. And there are a lot of people who don't really have a strong feeling about it, but they, a lot of people have said that they felt a little disappointed that it was overhyped since it won the Golden Lion. But it's just like, mm-hmm. like, so I wouldn't be shocked if that missed. And you know what the weirdest thing is? So, okay, all that breathes feels really safe to me. Like, I feel like it checks a lot of boxes for like, what the documentary branch is interested in and that's why that's the one that feels really safe to me descendant i think all of us may have it in for the same reason the obamas and netflix i am so worried about it though just because i I, for i want to say i love descendant it's my favorite of the docs but it is something that i'm just like not sure the academy's ready to go for in how liberal it is let's say um but then I'm like, okay, well, maybe the Obama of it all yeah, helps them get over that. And then Bad Axe I have in because I think if they're going to nominate anything about the COVID pandemic, that I think like that's the only kind of way they would recognize that because it's not really like – it's more about like following a person and like a family mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. like COVID itself. I would not be shocked though if the territory got in. Because there needs to be a more, like, I know that All That Breathes checks the nature box, but, like, there needs to be, and that's why I do think Fire of Love could, like, barrel through, because it is the nature doc. But you know what? (laughs) I also would not be shocked if it got in. There's two. One of them is A House Made of Splinters, because that movie, Mm -hmm. there is a huge, huge, like, word of mouth campaign for it, and I think, like, those are things you can't ignore. But the other thing is this awful, I'm sorry, awful documentary that also made the BAFTA shortlist. And that is the Leonard Cohen documentary that is terrible. And it was on the BAFTA shortlist. And I cannot ignore that. And I'm I like, got approximately 4,000 emails? emails about it yeah. every day. Every so day. I know they were dedicated to making sure people saw yes. Um, But I'm just like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we have Moon Age Daydream, which made like, Ba- it got a BAFTA nom. It's on other shortlists. Like, what if that's the one? Like, what if the Hallelujah Leonard Cohen doc is the one that gets in about a musician? I don't know. You know I don't. I'm not ready to predict it. If like, it's I, but if that Leonard shows Cohen, up, 
over if it's that over moon age daydream i will like stay i will put my hand in a blender on instagram live also (laughs) just want to say um david bowie had quite the year there's a david bowie song in numerous films that are going to be nominated for oscars including best picture um so i'm like does that help him because you're like because Mm -hmm. he was in your mind like a lot yeah like i i don't know i this category is just so frustrating because it's literally like i think all that breathes is the only one that i'm like okay it's in and then anything else from the shortlist watch now that's gonna miss (laughs) i know (laughs) but i just feel like like all three of these all the beauty and the bloodshed fire of love and moon age daydream have that front runner big movie that like Mm -hmm. could miss which one yeah like which one i don't know but i i don't know this is a category don't if you're listening and you haven't finalized your predictions don't listen to me i i think what's (laughs) worth saying though is that i feel like this is the category of all the ones that we're going to discuss we got it out of the way early yes it's the one where we're like could be anything (laughs) it literally could be like if you take the short list and do like a randomizer you'll have the same optics if you really spend time on it because it does not matter and because like something that won the precursors is not here and then other than that goodnight oppie which read hannah's review on the site for um (laughs) other than that like there was no front runner like yeah. something different was winning everywhere so it's just like there's no i don't know i don't know and they all have something really working against them so who knows but i will be excited to see what gets in and if it hallelujah leonard cohen a journey a song <laughs> listen if that gets in my to my fingers just call me brendan glazen <laughs> honestly though if that gets in the the bright side will be It'll help my predictions for what's winning. It's not winning. No, like not that. We're down to four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if there's any movie or documentary, it's not. It's not even on the short list, so it wasn't a contender. But I'm just saying it for the record. If you're not gonna give it to Moon Age Daydream, but you really want a music documentary, then the second choice is My Mind in May. Should have been shortlisted. Should have mm-hmm. been shortlisted. Yeah, it's weird that it got shortlisted for song and not here. And the songs. It's a fine song. It's better than Carolina. Love you, Taylor Swift. Um, but so like, we're not, we're not there yet. Just I found that very weird that I got shortlisted for the song, but not documentary. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange. Um, I guess we should move on. All Nicole. right. Moving on to a slightly easier category. <laughs> um, so for best animated feature, I have of course Del Toro's Pinocchio, Turning Red. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and My Father's Dragon. And I feel like with this category, most of us have the same things with maybe some difference in the fifth slot. But I feel like those first four are pretty those are settled on, which five. is, yeah, That's which is really oh, not in that order. But yeah, mm-hmm. like those are my five. Um, Which and the- I think it's so fun considering how early on in the year we were all so convinced that Marcel Shell wouldn't be able to get in. Well, and now it feels pretty safe. Well, and um, I know the Awards Watch podcast brought it up, um, but I was thinking about it as well. And I really feel like Apollo 10 and a half took a lot of the like 
force of oh is it animated is it not away from it and then marcel just kind of slipped on in and they just immediately accepted it with no hesitation and so that's why i'm kind of like i feel like they'll go for it even though it is basically live action um but then also you know minions the rise of Gru made like a billion dollars and started trends and all that kind of stuff so but okay. then I also feel like we stopped talking about Minions and we mm-hmm. never talked about it again. Well, Minions got PGA. Yep. Yeah. But I okay. The thing so is, my with thing this is... one is like the there is a clear cut winner though. So it's that's the thing with this like category though It's like it it could be any of the other four, but we all know it's winning. Yeah, and I will. I do want to mention that. Um, I believe, yeah, both Adriano and Jillian have Wendell and Wilde in a surface slot. Which I respect. Which, and I, I can definitely see the argument for that. I definitely think that, like, stop motion is having a year and there's big names attached to Wendell and Wilde mm-hmm. yeah. that would make people pay attention to it. I feel like the reviews for it were kind of... Bad? They were mixed. Mixed, yeah. yeah. And And, like, personally... I think that it's so slow that I wonder if people will have trouble getting through it. It is mm-hmm. slow. That second act does... Dr- I really liked Wendell and Wild. Yeah. Um, I reviewed it for Oscar Central. <laughs> you can read it now. <laughs> I can read it now. I think I gave it, if not an A-, minus a B plus. Um, like, I felt like, honestly, what the thing with Wendell and Wild is I feel like, in terms of Jordan Peele screenplays, this one actually worked for me better than Nope. Mm. But... Um, I agree. And the animation style is obviously gorgeous and everything like that. But it's just the second act did drag. And I think when you look at, again, like Pinocchio is 1000% winning. Like that I'm willing to bet my life on. Watch I say that and then it just wins. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just cursed um, it. I die a martyr. Tell um, the Swinton shows up at your door. <laughs> um. I'm like, well, I mean, that'd be a way to go. I'm yeah. coming for you, Eddie. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, I think like it's already got. It's also a more impressive stop motion, like presentation, yeah. like and it's it, which not that we can't have two good stop motions, but I think when you've got also Marcel the show, which the animation utilizing that is stop motion, like it's just this thing where it's like, it's the weaker of the three contenders, mm-hmm. I think. And, and I think you've got yeah. something like My Father's Dragon that's 2D that's not like or like and a kind of like 2D 3D like combo and same with Puss in Boots it's like it's just there's more I think diversity in the medium here than with that with that yeah. five as a lineup. It's so and funny I also think the other spot is just the default Disney Pixar spot. Mm-hmm. Although oh, yeah. to be fair I am so 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 happy that, that it's, it's turning, turning red, red and not and not, and not Strange World yeah. or Lightyear. I mean, and like I don't have anything like super against either of those movies. They're just not like Oscar worthy films. Mm-hmm. And, and Turning Red was the one they dumped on a platform without a care in the world at the very and, beginning of the year. And yeah. Turning Red being this like you know Asian immigrant centric feminist film like female director first time female director I feel like yeah. in another season turning red would have like Dominated. just taken off it would have yeah. been the one yeah but like you it, and I think if you took Pinocchio out I think it'd be the winner I think yeah. turning red's the second place but 
yeah, it, not I just it, but love that we have friend. several films that I feel are pretty safe to get in, like Puss in Boots, like Turning Red, like Marcel the Shell, that whenever they came out, nobody was really sure, like, if they were going to make well, it I'm anywhere. Well, I'm sorry, nobody thought Puss in Boots was going to be good. No, exactly. I got, I remember getting the poster when I still worked at the theater, and we were like, all right, ready for this, you know, hunk of shit to come out. <laughs> like, yeah. like, crazy. I And I then when the, when they pushed it back, too, that's you when were I was like, like oh, oh it's no. really bad. Yeah. And I distinctly remember when Turning Red came out, everyone being like, oh, well, it's not going to get the Oscar nomination, because that'll go to Lightyear, that'll go to Strange World or something, and then, like, it's the one, and, mm-hmm. um, like... Which which is so great, but I I do think that the fact that my father's dragon is Cartoon Saloon helps it. And I think the fact right. that it's got two young stars in it, Gat Matarazzo and Jacob Tremblay, helps it because I think that that'll ensure that people see it. I hear from people who have kids who are like the right age to be watching animated movies that they really like it, and um, that's uh, the critic who runs Two Peas in a Pod. Um, told me that he watched it with his family two nights ago and by like noon the next day his like young child had watched it two more times and one thing that Dan Howard always brings up is that like me is that it's for like young kids Mm -hmm. yes but I know a 28 year old who reviewed it for this site who's watched it like four (laughs) times so okay but the thing (laughs) is and Dan Howard always brings this up if there's an animated movie that voters' kids have on in their house, it's that they're and they're likely to nominate it just because they recognize the name. Because let's be honest, a lot of Academy voters don't watch. That's everything. The other thing is that now the voting structure is different for this category, which is the only reason I think Marcel is safe. Yes. If this yeah. was different, Marcel would be my number ten. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't be on my list, but. I think it's hurdle was being eligible and the mm-hmm. sense it's eligible, it isn't. Um yeah. which I, I think... love. I love. I, I do struggle. Like I don't think it's animated, but like I <laughs> I do I'm happy it's here because I want it to be an Oscar nominated film. I Same. do think with the My Father's Dragon thing, I mean, first, Nicole already said Cartoon Saloon is They've never okay. missed. They're, like, they're what five for five so far, um, as they should be. And but I, I think, think the other thing is Jacob is the only person who has it. I think like I should probably put it at ten or something. But Inuos G Kids, and I feel like I don't know. Maybe that should be higher. And the other thing is the bad guys. They sent that screener out. I think it was so everybody's like, first screener, and it was yeah. a it was a it's a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like. A screener in an end. I'll be honest, so didn't make me watch it. <laughs> I liked it quite I a bit. Good, yeah, I liked I, it quite a bit. I, I also think the five that everybody has is the five. Yeah, but minions could get in as the for the same reason Top Gun's getting in. Like mm-hmm. it made a billion dollars. You know, I, and I think... that's how we're voting. We should put <laughs> Avatar everywhere. I think we for should the My just Father's put Dragon, Avatar everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I think for the My Father's Dragon thing as well is like between Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and weirdly Puss in Boots um, and Turning Red and Marcel, those aren't they, I mean, some of them are kid friendly, but they're not for kids. And there's still I feel is like that, like there needs to be something that can be seen by like all the quadrants. And I think My Father's Dragon would be the only one that like 
little kids would get. And then like, like said, 28 year olds would understand. And um, I think that that is for me is why I pushed it up into my five um, was because it, it really is like the only one that I feel like is a fully well-rounded um, mm-hmm. animated film. And I also think that kind of going off of that, like, I think that is also what hurts Wendell and Wilde, where there's no real clear audience for Wendell and Wilde. Like, it's yeah. too scary for kids, but it's also like, I mean, it's kind of like Coraline, right? So it's a very niche audience of people who are going to watch that, of like Coraline fans, Nightmare Before Christmas fans. They're going to go back for that. But, you know, it's especially the way Netflix campaigned it. Netflix campaigned it, I thought, like seeing the marketing for it, kind of like a kid's movie. And then I watched it and was like, oh, this is dark, dark, mm-hmm. dark. Okay, and like, I literally, scary. while watching it, was like, who the hell is this for? Right. Like, the like... Thing is, there's no real audience. Like, it's not, <laughs> like, I don't think unless you're, um, and I'm blanking on the director's name and I'm so, so sorry, but like, unless you're a fan of his work with Coraline and Nightmare for Christmas. Henry Solid. Yes, thank you. Um, like that's the audience, right? Like yeah. that's the audience that's gonna watch it, and that's it. But like, it also doesn't feel quite as like sophisticated as Coraline. It's not. It's, it's not as sophisticated yeah. as Coraline or and I've heard that's the other. But it's thing all, but it like, is quite dark. It is dark, and the story is really dark. But the animation style and, is very kind of juvenile. So it's just like, yeah. and it's very like all over the place. Where I'm like. I, it was it's like hard to follow so i'm yeah. like okay that even makes yeah. it harder kind of confusing like who is it for like because it's not for children but then it's like the animation style like lax is saying is just so i don't know i don't know but yeah. I, I do think that's a good alternative though for that fist that format. and then i also the sea beast got the annie mm-hmm. nomination and i don't know but i'm also like it can't be four Netflix movies. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It'd be really funny if this turned into the Netflix category when it used to be the Disney category. Like, I, hey, I'm I'm all for it. Netflix yeah. and Sony, I'm all for it. Yeah. As long as I get my Cartoon Saloon in there, I'm good yeah. with whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Team Cartoon. The Cartoon Saloon did Secret Life in Arietti, right? Uh, no. Secret World of Ari- Arietti. This isn't. Uh... The Secret. Well, they did The Secret of Kells. Okay, maybe that's why I'm worried. I love Secret of Arietti, even though I called it the Secret Life of the Secret Life of the American Arietti. <laughs> Secret Life of the American Stop. Teenager. That's great. Uh, moving on from the Secret Life of the American Teenager, starring yeah. Shailene Woodley. Uh... <laughs> Talk about an anything category. Yeah, so we're gonna <laughs> go to international feature, which I changed three minutes ago <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, so for now i have and like please for now like this is what i have for now um all quiet on the western front argentina 1985 and then i don't know what's gonna happen here so for now i have decision to leave close and eo okay i, yeah, have, I have the same. almost that my difference is i don't have eo I quiet went girl? for it and I put in the quiet girl okay. because yeah. I feel like I've heard so much word of mouth that everyone's talking about it. Um, obviously, obviously the Irish are quite uh, pleased with it, um, but it does sound like something that's having like a really last minute surge. And I feel like when there's something that has that last minute surge, it sometimes gets in just because 
it's on people's minds as they're going to vote. Um, but I also could definitely see EO getting in. I could see Bardo getting in. I could see Saint Omer. Like, I mean, even Joyland. Yeah, my I'm six really is Joyland. Mean. Okay, yeah, I Joyland. have Joyland as my. I meant to put it at five, but it's my four. Um, Ar- Argentina nineteen eighty five is my five, and I'm realizing looking at that, I'm like, that was a mistake because that one <laughs> I definitely think is getting in. It won the globe, but the the difference I have. So I have Holy Spider. And then mm. I also have Joyland. I I feel like all quiet. I, wait, so you have what? Do you, what's your five? So in my order, it's all quiet. That's the only one that I know is. I think all quiet is going to be the Roma of this year. Um, mm. dare I say, if I'm gonna be so bold, my first year talking about awards. I season. think it's how many nominations did 1917 get? Uh, eleven, maybe. Hold on. I'll do. I'm research is on the is on. Well, the I haven't. I haven't tallied, but I think it's like. I um. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh. I have so all quiet's number one. Um, and then I have Holy Spider, Decision to Leave, Joyland, Argentina, 1985. That oh, order's not right. I I done goofed. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not one to miss a deadline, so it's fine. Just put it on there and make me look like a fool, but. Um, <laughs> I meant to put Argentina in nineteen eighty five as number two. My bad. Um, so I have something to say, and I don't. I was talking to Sophia from Oscar Wilde about it, and I need decision to leave to get in. But um, what if it doesn't? It might not. I, I can see it missing won anything. Also, I want to answer the question real quick. Nineteen seventeen got nominated for ten. And I just checked, and that's what I have all quiet in for. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. Like, great leading performance gets zero buzz. Um, Literally. Because it's a young blonde man. Same thing. <laughs> same exact thing. Um, I I don't know. I just, I don't know. I mean, the BAFTA director nom clearly really helps Decision to Leave. But I'm just like, was he a jury pick? Yeah. And also, I... I know, I know that South Korea has done really well recently, but like, but it, it but wasn't Parasite until was the first recently. Nomination. Yeah, yeah. And... The funny thing about it for me is that I either I'm like, I think Decision to Leave could miss. If it doesn't miss, it's my number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like it's really up there. I think because I can make an argument for, and I'm really sorry to say this. For every single film except Saint Omer, which is ridiculous because I love Saint Omer, but I just feel like France has kind of like fallen off in this category. Like I yeah. don't know, but Saint Omer is one of the best films. Well, on it's this list, it's normally because but... they don't know how to pick which film yeah. to nominate, but that's not their yeah. issue this year. But so. okay, but the thing <laughs> is, some people do think they picked the wrong film. So I'm like, mm. yeah. But there's literally every single film on the shortlist could get in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Joyland is also playing at Sundance right now. Mm-hmm. Gives it a bigger spotlight. And when it was announced it was playing at Sundance, was during voting. So, like, did people prioritize that in their screener pile? Who knows? Quiet Girl, tons of buzz. Holy Spider, mm-hmm. tons of buzz and has been had a week of Q&As in Los Angeles during voting. Um, with the lead actress who won at Venice. So mm-hmm. 
And one one we haven't brought up yet, Bardo. Or, well, Bardo, yeah. he has, what, five Oscars? Because he's an honorary, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's got five. That's so, why I have Bardo as my sixth. Yeah, Bardo is a real possibility. And I feel like we're all, like, freaking out over this category when it's, like, Bardo could just be the easy nomination and be in. Mm-hmm. Like, especially because I feel like some people consider it for cinematography. So it's, like... Mm-hmm. And he is just so well-loved. And he has been everywhere. That Three Amigos conversation, like, like he he has been everywhere. And, and I wonder if a is, lot of the, the international category knows he's not going to get in for director. So they're going to mm-hmm. put him in here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I definitely could is, see that getting in. Yeah, Corsage, shortlisted for costume design. And spoiler, I, I have it in for costume design. Spoiler, so... I have it in for one reason. It's my Cyrano this, Risen. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think Corsage will get I don't into have, international. I don't have it in. It's actually my yeah. 10. But, like, mm-hmm. there's an argument that, like, it could yeah. get in for costume design. So, like, and Vicky Creeps is, like, a name. So. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the buzz on it, like, immediately. Well, and there's just controversy and controversy and controversy. Yeah. And the controversy around some of the cast and i also yeah. think it's um way not too good. slow of a movie yeah. <laughs> like, um, i also think it's not good but yeah. <laughs> um and then we have to talk about the elephant in the room of rrr not being here what if last film show just gets in anyway yeah if they it's... just want to like recognize indian film yeah i thought it wasn't eligible no rrr it, it, it... isn't but they did submit something else and it's oh, on the short list okay so, like, what if they're just, like, we want to acknowledge India anyway? And I, I feel like I feel like the whole, like, RRR, like, uproar is very much a Twitter first thing. Because when mm-hmm. you actually, like, look at it, you know, the last picture show is Belfast. It's, um, like, Fablemans or whatever. It's that, it's that kind of movie. And it makes sense because RRR is more, like their action blockbuster like spectacle mm-hmm. so like it, it yeah. makes sense they why submitted they their like dramatic yeah stuff. they're like arts they there. essentially submitted the fablemans instead of submitting like top gun mavericks yeah exactly like, yeah. exactly yeah um and so it, it the people could watch it knowing like oh you know this got picked over rr let's check it out and see like why and although i if- feel like with all of the RRR fans I've seen, most of them have not watched what they actually submitted. And I, yeah. I feel like it could go either way, where, like, on one hand, they could be like, oh, let's recognize Indian cinema anyways, let's give it a vote. Or they could be like, screw you for not nominating, or, or for not, you know, submitting RRR, we're not even going to consider that film. So yeah. I feel like it's such a wild card. Mm-hmm. So I love these three categories we went through that I'm basically really like, here are the three that are in and I don't know what the fuck is happening <laughs> the rest of the slide. That's about how it is for every category. For yeah, me. the next category that Nicole's going to do is uh, Yeah, let's see. Makeup and hairstyling? A fucking doozy. Yeah. I don't so, want to list my nominations. This one is fun. Um, <laughs> this is... So, well it's not no it's not um that was strong sarcasm um but what i currently have in the five and i will be the first to say that i don't 
feel set on these five, but I locked them in and it's what I'm going with, um, are Elvis, The Whale, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And hey, I feel Wakanda like... Forever and do Blonde and that's mine. Yeah. Um, so my five is very different. Um, so I have You're Elvis. too different than me. I have Elvis, the Batman, the whale, and then I have Blonde, and I have Amsterdam. Yours is the cursed lineup. Yours is a cursed <laughs> Yeah, but I... yours also makes the most sense, which like... It because I need everyone to remember, this is where Suicide Squad has, like, like there have been... The bad doozies. Suicide Squad. Yeah, like, there have been doozies and they're always in this category this branch is so wild and i know that everyone is thinking blonde is the wig nomination it is not and the other thing is okay well i heard though that at the bake-off they focus most of their presentation on like here's the wig that we made for anna de armas for blonde so i feel like but i feel like that's why they lose out is but because... I do think that the people who have watched Blonde, yeah. there are moments where you're like, who is that? And I think that's enough. And the mm. other thing is Netflix, the one clip that is like the most jarring to watch, that's like deep fake territory, Netflix yeah. posted on Instagram. So yeah. like, that is they don't the even thing. have to watch the movie. Is her performing Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend? It is like eerie. Well, that and like then it. the um, the I want to be loved by you. Yes, from it's something eerie. like hot is like I was it's... convinced when which I didn't finish Blonde, but Good. when I saw that, <laughs> um, <laughs> when I saw that scene though, I was like, oh, this isn't Anna. Like they it's just decided to use like a clip of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, like, I I hated Blonde. Obviously, I didn't finish it, but like I will give them that they did a really good job in making her look like Marilyn. And truly like, the only reason I have it out is because it sounds like they fumbled their Bake Off presentation. But so sometimes at the Bake Off, people say stuff and then none of it matters once like the nominations yeah. come out. So like between that and then like, I don't even think you need to see the movie to know that she looks like her. Yeah. Because right. the other thing is, Anita Armas has like a million followers, like literally like 30 Just million followers Instagram. on Instagram. And yeah. it is full of behind the scenes footage and it's a lot of it is the hair and makeup team and i just think that that pushes it in amsterdam like it's actually like decent work like on christian bale specifically like from what i've seen because i have not seen this fucking movie and i will never see it um my only thing is all quiet the images that have been going around and then the news that the entire makeup and hair selling team was four people Yep. And that image of him with the with like the like mud, mud. mud cake on him is yeah. just like the image that they've been using nonstop. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's in people's minds. But I'm trying to be cautious of giving All Quiet on the Western Front like 15 nominations. So I have it at six. And I have Amsterdam in because I would rather have Blonde and Amsterdam in and then be surprised and happy. That's fair. And you know, I said I wasn't changing anything, but I lied. I just I just flipped 
blonde and uh black panther wakanda forever so the my only in. thing about black panther wakanda forever because it's beautiful work and i really think it should be in they may think win. like they've already, they've already did the it first mo- that's mm-hmm. the thing is it's the first which like it's I have... not because there's so much no- more new work on like the, the new characters in it. People. yeah yeah like that it's I, yeah. So fun. I have Black Panther in. So I still have Black Panther in my five. Mine are mm. Elvis is still my number one. Mm-hmm. Mine too. Um, the whale is second, mm-hmm. and then I have Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I actually do have the Batman in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Blonde is my number five. Babylon's my number six, but I feel like I can move it to. Wait, I don't have a little quiet in here. Am I stupid? <laughs> What? I, I, well, I like, feel like I can't do this. <laughs> um, I no, do I feel like say, All Quiet uh, got such a boost at the the BAFTAs. Mm-hmm. And now that we BAFTAs. know that the Brits are on board, mm-hmm. well, the Brits, the, the Brits have taste. The okay, Brits gave us Joseph is... Quinn. The Brits are gonna <laughs> never. <laughs> my other thing is with Babylon mm-hmm. is yes, everyone talks about it in a negative way, but everybody talks about it. So yeah. like. And I know no one wants to hear this, and I'm going to bring it up again in Nicole's favorite category. But with Babylon, the work is on thousands of people throughout mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. And there are recreations, there are inspirations, there are twists on looks. Like it is so much work that I do think Babylon is like all quiet for me just like floating on the outside like i won't be shocked if it's in so, i also have it floating do, on the outside yeah i gotta say it i gotta say it crimes of the future would be <laughs> the best nomination in the history of the oscars um if anyone's watched any behind the scenes things on it you know how like yeah. makeshift this entire team was like it was like very diy um just would be a really 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 great nomination and the fly got in so i'm just saying there is some cronenberg cronen heads in yeah. this guild like in this mm-hmm. branch so um, i do I also mean, it's want not possible but i yeah just, i had to say it i do also want to point out while we're talking about hair and makeup that i part of why i feel so strongly about the batman making it in is that do y'all remember when those first set photos of Colin Farrell came out? Colin Farrell, and it was all people that anyone thought it was talked Richard about. Kind, yes, and it was I thought it was Richard Kind. Anyone talked about for like a month, and I feel like the fact that Colin Farrell is going to be nominated for Best Actor in a film where he looks very much just like him. himself. It helps. Um, him. It helps us. Yeah, it helps us. The fact that the Batman has not one but two people who are in the Oscar conversation for different roles. Uh, that they've done this year, I feel like helps it remain relevant, and I feel like it um, is an easy shoe in to fill that sort of like comic book slot that they typically that's, give, that's while also feeling say. it lets them feel like they're more sophisticated in doing mm-hmm. it though, um, mm-hmm. without having to put in like also, a, a suicide squad say, or something. I did it. I did it. I got Robert Pattinson being emo and wearing eyeliner into the Oscar honestly. Lineup. They deserve the nomination just for that eyeliner on Robert Pattinson. I love I'll that they have to like explain like the different kinds of makeup in the film because they have to explain that. And I think it's hilarious. Um, but I, I do think it's funny that like the Batman, they kind of are writing on like, look what we did to Colin Farrell. 
And then, like, the whale is literally, like, look what we did to Brendan Fraser. It's only what they did to Brendan Fraser. And then, like, blonde is the same thing. Like, they're, like, yes, there's hairstyling and other people, but, like, it's not something you pay attention to. So, like, there's, like, multiple films here where it's just, like, the sole focus is one person. And that is why I personally, as of today, think Elvis can pull off a win. Yeah. Because it's not just Tom Hanks. It is priscilla it is it's austin butler the era age and it's like that's, it's i was all the women in the audience and those audiences yeah, because like, austin I butler was in multiple interviews has been like the trippiest thing was watching all this footage and then walking on stage and every single person looks exactly how they did in the footage and i'm like yep. that is going to carry this win that is going to carry costume design spoiler alert mm-hmm. and that is pushing it in production design because Miss Catherine Martin does not win singles. She wins doubles. Well, yep. that's, and I was literally going to say the same thing. We're kind of going off the comic book slot. There's always also, if there's biopics, like that's always going in because mm-hmm. you made someone look like, like Austin Butler, outside of the aging, like they're not doing a whole lot to him. And they dyed his hair. They gave him some bronzer, but like, outside of the aging of Elvis he kind of is Austin Butler but the fact that they're able to capture multiple decades like all the way from like the 30s through the 70s is I think so impressive in this film and like you watch like I, re- I recently rewatched that movie for I think like the sixth time the other night and like if you watch Priscilla like mm-hmm. the yes. way she looks at the end and then you compare that to the photos of like the actual Priscilla Presley it's just, it's so, it's the, like, their attention to detail is just off the charts. I also feel like there's typically a period film spot in makeup and mm-hmm. hairstyling. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, it could be Amsterdam. That's but, why I have it in. But Elvis yeah, would be but a great use of I think spot. Elvis will sort of fulfill that spot because it has So what you're saying multiple is decades. take out Amsterdam and put in Crimes of the Future. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't put in emancipation we're all good i'm I think, just really pleased that i don't think anyone on our site has that in like i yeah, think most people you. have it at, at the 10 um yeah but yeah i think for elvis another big thing is everyone talks about tom hanks i think personally the ending of that he is so like he looks just like him in that final mm-hmm. performance and yeah. again like if everyone wants to say oh like fat suit whatever like that is he's heftier in that scene and he looks so much well like and him. i don't think it hinders him is mm-hmm. the other thing that it's like it's the same thing as like why i am not really super against colin farrell's fat suit is that i think the way that austin butler moves in that last scene is identical so like when i watched elvis with my husband he literally was like is that the real elvis when it cut to elvis <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like oh i thought the same thing it's so mm-hmm. well done and it's like it's austin's performance honestly highlights how good the work is because he's not immobile because of like you're he's not moving in a way where you're like wow that's prosthetics the same thing yeah. with colin farrell and the batman like he does not let those prosthetics hold mm-hmm. him back he gives a yeah about our performance in Banshees I'm sorry um but like he <laughs> he's is... not the only man this year who gave a better <laughs> performance in the Batman <laughs> um but no but I, I, just, I, think I think Elvis really does have it all it really does so we don't need to consider anything else thank you for your time Academy Boom. we did it for you <laughs> and that's the show <laughs> that's the show <laughs> good night everybody <laughs>
<laughs> Wait, no, don't leave. We can't we can't get too quiet for too long. Everyone stay. <laughs> I'm I'm coloring. <laughs> so, um so do we wanna are we ready to move on to production yeah, design so we can uh, talk about Elvis again? <laughs> this is the Elvis tab. So yeah. for production design, I have Elvis, mm-hmm. Babylon, Avatar the Way of Water, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and the Fablemans. I That's have my five, not in that order, except I have I have Fablemans as six and I have Glass Onion as five. Okay, okay. I have the same four, and then I have All Quiet as my five. Okay, All Quiet is my six. Okay. Yeah. But I, I feel very strong, honestly, I in am that top watching four. Jacob make his five. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I forgot about Avatar's existence in here for a minute. Okay, you forgot about its two about, billion dollars at the box office. Well, and it made ADG. It made Critics Choice. It was mm-hmm. on the BAFTA long list. It didn't make it, but Avatar was treated very poorly at the BAFTAs. So again, um, I love the Brits. Sorry. <gasps> I wonder. I wonder how much they'd seen it. That's my because they were very bad with giving screener access to people mm-hmm. because they wanted people to see it in theaters. I just don't yeah. know. But I do want to say, Poor One Out for White Noise, the best production design yes. of any yeah. film of the year. and Truly Poor One Out. Just so sad. Um, but, well, I'm similar to you guys, but I, I am it. going for it because it is the year. <laughs> and um, I'm putting <laughs> Del Toro's Pinocchio in. It five, did I get think. BAFTA. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, I and think... it was the first film animated film to get back like a BAFTA nomination here so and I think if any it's what I've always said with animated movies you have to have a name attached to it and this movie literally has the name attached to the actual title (laughs) of it um and (laughs) they from you know from the first behind the scenes they were so in about the production design they have taken the puppets to every event let other people play with the puppets move them around um and that BAFTA nomination really just solidified that uh I was going to put it into my five but I think I think this is something that uh could happen that would you know be telling of how Pinocchio is going to perform um but yeah that's my five but I I, have the same as everyone else I moved it up. I have it at eight, and I didn't even have it in my ten. I would love for the Woman King to get in mm-hmm. here. I was um, literally just thinking about I need to mention the Woman King before we move on from this category because it is so deserving in every category ever. <laughs> um, also, again, like that's one in makeup and hairstyling that I think should have been in the conversation, mm-hmm. but. Um, shortlist just I also that. think that don't worry darling pour one out for don't worry darling oh don't my darling personal favorite in every category we've gotten through so far my and, personal favorite production design I just think it, it was visually it's so stunning. gorgeous and it, it's not gonna get in which hurts me but glass onions production design was like phenomenal it's and so good the fact of like and it's they tied to the plot. used it. So yeah. the little nods, the upside down so Rocco, I could write a dissertation on. Okay, I mean, the, and the Mona Lisa, like, and then all like the Mona Lisa the, that was huge. Why was it so big? All of the um, all of like the portraits in the background, like they went into so the Fight much Club detail. Portrait. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I just... truly, 
Glass Onion and Don't Worry Darling are both so deserving because of the way that their production design like plays into the plot yes. of the films. Mm-hmm. And probably won't get recognized, which is sad. But I do think Glass Onion is sitting there somewhere on the mm-hmm. like it's cusp of getting seven. it. It's my five, and it I didn't buy it. Get ADG, which I just want to point out, there is another film that got ADG, but it also got a BAFTA nomination. And that is The Batman. Which is why it's my number six. Thank you. I, um, that was really wild that I got a BAFTA nomination. Y'all, but after the, the BAFTAs, is I had this, I had this wild moment after the BAFTAs when, like, the Batman got in so many places that I was like, best picture? Batman is the tip spot in picture. <laughs> That'd like, be sick. That would be so Which would sick. be incredible. I would Because then I could have like, Austin Butler and Robert Pattinson in, at the Oscars. Like, are you kidding? Okay, Robert Pattinson at the Oscars the year after Kristen Stewart was nominated. Please. Just also, personally, just speaking from my personal beliefs, I would give the Batman, if we're talking like a big blockbuster film that gets a best picture nomination, like I would personally give it to the Batman over top gun maverick but that is just me i agree um another movie i think we should talk about is everything everywhere yeah um this could be a huge show of strength if it gets in here Mm -hmm. because it was long listed for baftas it was i think double nominated adg i could be wrong and then it was a critics choice nomination which is, I don't think Critics' Choice matters. I'm just saying it, like, shows. Yeah. This is also a place that, similarly, I kind of feel like if Banshees got Banshees. in here, yeah. then that's, that's our sign winner. that, like, Banshees is, is having its <laughs> or, best day. Or it's Power of the Dog. <laughs> yeah. One or the but, other. But even then, I think it, it could still be the sign that, like, it's having its best day nominations-wise. Yeah. And I also want to say um, Top Gun Maverick was ADG, which is um, a choice um and then like what is it for like the planes themselves and i gotta talk about it yep (laughs) i gotta talk about it the fablements because i have it in and i don't really feel that great about it i just feel like a throwaway nomination Mm -hmm. but i i do think it's like part of the story because he moves and then like he changes as he moves um but I could swap it if we're going to do a live change <laughs> for All Quiet. But I do worry about Black Panther because I, I understand yeah. there's the underwater element, like a new city, there's new stuff, her lab's different, whatever. But it is a sequel that was nominated previously. Did it win? Production design? It only won for costume design. It won costume and, and uh, hair and makeup and, and score. Okay. Um, but so (laughs) so I do worry what if it's the same thing with hair and makeup where they're like, we already did this. Um, but I do just think there's so much more work. I think there's an obviously so much more work. Yeah, that that's why I have it in. But Mm -hmm. I do feel really silly having Avatar and Black Panther. That's why I have Avatar as my six. My thing is though, in any other year, I would agree. But clearly, this is the year of sequels, the sequels. at the Oscars. Yeah. Like, with, you know, and between I Avatar know and Black Panther and Top Avatar Gun. feels very different to me than, like, a run-of-the-mill mm-hmm. sequel. Like, oh, not God, yeah. anything different. But, like, I just feel like, I don't know. But I wouldn't be shocked if both Banshees, All Quiet, all three, Banshees, All Quiet, and Everything Everywhere show, like, severe strength, and one of them get mm-hmm. 
or that's why i have all quiet in yeah i might swap the fablemans for something else because spoiler alert i don't think the fablemans is having a great day on tuesday uh which is um, to say for a movie that's i don't either also wait hold on let me check something before i say it out loud because i don't want to embarrass myself if i'm wrong (laughs) i've already done it it's not that bad but yeah okay 1917 was nominated for best production design all quiet has a bit more and all quiet has obviously and it's it's missing the aspect of like that they really sold on like we had to have everything set to go Mm -hmm. as we did and whatever but there's a lot more there Mm -hmm. and obviously the academy much like myself likes trenches so i think that like there's an argument design is a big part of the reels that they've put out online for the uh, visual effects I also um, think it's one of those things where to do a movie like that, or like 1917, to to do that sort of trench warfare, you you have to have quite a bit of space to film in. Mm-hmm. And they filmed a lot of it like in location, or on location in Europe. And um, those battle scenes were huge. Yeah. Um, also, and can I say something? Pits. While we're talking yeah. about a great movie that we all love, can I say something about a movie that none of us love? What if Empire of Light? I thought about it, and honestly, it wouldn't be like if they were gonna nominate anywhere. This is one place that I wouldn't be super mad about. But I wonder if it doesn't have, and this might sound dumb, but if it doesn't have like enough production design. Yeah, it also I feel like that entire it has that little like circle of of candy and popcorn. Literally, like I just because it is like Colin Farrell's office about movies. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about it. Um, no, I, I totally see what you what you're thinking there, but I feel like there's because too many I other... just feel like every movie in contention is like this massive movie, and I'm like, there's mm-hmm. got to be something that knocks us knocks yeah. us down. Yeah, that's like what? Like I don't know. I'm just overthinking it. I don't know because this is an easy category. It feels like yeah, <laughs> we need to just easy. move on out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Nicole gets to do her favorite category, and I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. Okay, so uh, for costume design, for my five, I have Elvis, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Babylon, The Woman King, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Um, okay, not sadly, the same order, I but I want The Woman King five. to happen so I have The Woman King out, I have it six, mm-hmm. and I have Corsage yeah. in its place. Yep, I have the exact same as... Uh... I literally texted Jacob last year in all caps. I was like, dresses, gowns, where are they? Because he didn't have Cyrano in. And you're welcome, Jacob. You were right when you (laughs) got Cyrano in. And I like, I had like PTSD when I was listening to the awards watch and they were like, gowns. And I was like, all right, let me go change and move it around. And I was like, I just don't know. I feel like they might think that Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris fulfills. Is the gowns? Is it, it the Dior is the gowns? And I wonder with Corsage about enough people having seen it. I just think there's that scene in Corsage that's like slow-mo of their dresses. Yeah. And there's a lot of dresses. So And after... obviously we're all in agreement that Babylon's red dress does not count as a gown. No. <laughs> that's not a gown. That's some it's fabric from fabric. Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> That was a table runner that she was like, ah. But uh, this category <laughs> is Miss Catherine Martin's and Miss Catherine mm-hmm. Martin's only. Yeah. Like, it's really funny. I just don't see an argument 
from the academy's end for someone else to win here. But okay, if we're talking about costume designs, there are two movies with modern costumes that um, if they made it in, it would be exceptional. I Last Onion think- and Don't Worry Darling? Don't Worry Darling, I would love, but it's not even what I was going to mention. It's, no, it's not <laughs> even. No chance. Uh, Glass Onion, though, I don't think it has a chance, but it, it no. could. Um, and then Everything Everywhere, because yeah. there are so many costumes. Yeah. I actually have um, that as my six. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's so many, and that they're on there for so little time, so they had to make the mm-hmm. costumes for, like, seconds of a shot. Yeah, I just think that maybe... I don't, and it could be like a really big show of strength for yeah, I okay. Everywhere. So on that note, I have everything everywhere at my number six spot, and I have all quiet at my seventh spot. And obviously, like all quiet is mostly just uniforms. Um, and then a but bunch the of wear like, and tear uh-huh. like, throughout the film mm-hmm. is really and the impressive. fact that like the b- fact that it begins with that with whole the bit about the uniform yeah. being reused. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do have all the like suits. Which you know that if, like if we were nominating stuff. suits, we should nominate living. But uh, that, that wouldn't <laughs> shock me because she is like how many nominations? Like sixteen? Like four thousand? Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't even know how many. Yeah. I, the only thing is she didn't get in at BAFTA, and normally when she gets right, in, she and that's I think that. that everything everywhere or. All Quiet getting in here would definitely be a show of strength for one of those mm-hmm. films. Um, I also think this is somewhere that Amsterdam could show up. Yeah, and Amsterdam uh, got because, BAFTA. Because, listen, as much as I hate Amsterdam, those costumes were nice. <laughs> um, and that's like and the it could, period costume. I was going to say, and it would fulfill it their whole like, period I also, thing. I also, well, first off, Glass Onion, I would love if it got a nomination. Watching that like clip that uh that ryan johnson did where he talked about the costumes how each person had different costumes like it just shows you how much went into it but i don't know i'm toying with the idea of like could miss harris go to paris cruella its way into a win and give jenny beaven the same designer same designer almost the same exact thing it's like the most costumes is or the movie about costumes and or clothes and whatever i i'm like toying with the idea of like having that somehow overtake elvis i could uh, i could see it happening maybe but i just think that like if elvis has as strong of a day with nominations as i think it's Mm -hmm. gonna have then i think it 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 automatically wins especially because like kenzie was saying earlier how they were recreating like even specific costumes for extras like in the audience like audience stuff. Members. yeah yeah i will say though now kinsey you've got me on a spiral that i'm like what if sandy powell does get in for living because she's sandy powell like so, especially because i okay strongly believe is, the, yeah if that happens i and i don't want this to happen but i think what kind of forever would be out i agree mm-hmm but I think it would make sense if we, and I think we all do, except that Bill Nye is getting in for actor and it's getting into adapted screenplay. Costumes would make sense to go with it because of the Sandy Powell of it all. So, like, I'm not ready to put it in yet, but I'm saying that is a, it. like, 
Oscar morning surprise that but, would okay, not actually now surprise we're me. We're in the same thing where I have three <laughs> that I feel great about, and then yep, there it is. Okay, so do I take out? I think this is our sign that we got to move on. <laughs> yeah, great, great to a great, great category that I love. My favorite category. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what category? <laughs> Great. Nicole gets her favorite. I get my least favorite of the entire Oscars. So for visual effects, I have Avatar. Anyway, move on. Um, no, so I have Avatar, The Way of Water, Top Gun Maverick, 13 Lives, All Quiet on the Western Front, and The Batman. That is exactly what I have, just in a slightly different order. But I also have Avatar, obviously, winning in Top Gun Maverick after it. I have, uh, I have I have Avatar winning, and then I have Everything Everywhere, All Quiet, Black. Everything Panther, Everywhere Batman. is not eligible. Well, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, um, if it was okay, eligible, so it'd be have, a lot easier. Um, the Batman. Now I'm moving that. Okay. <laughs> I have that, but I went nope instead of Thirteen Lives, and I know I have that, nope at six. Yeah, I have Thirteen Lives at six, and I know that Avatar's. Or Avatar, what the fuck? Um, Amazon's been pushing like the hell out of it. Um, but Nope has been campaigning like hard. They were at TIFF and they've done other showcases, and the visual effects ends the entire movie. And I think that uh, I definitely think because I I personally feel like it overperformed on the short list, even if it you know only got two or three uh, if it got sound i would be a little more on board the other reason i moved it up is because there's been a resurgence the week of voting but 13 lives and all quiet Mm -hmm. are all anyone has been able to talk about with Mm -hmm. visual effects the last two weeks yeah and i originally had the batman out but I put the Batman. But it's back overperformed in everywhere. It overperformed everywhere, and like Baftas went nuts for the Batman. Like what? So, but I do think Nope has a path. My mm-hmm. biggest fear is um, that All Quiet misses, and it's Doctor Strange. Um. Oh. So I will say actually that I have Nope at seven, and I have Black Panther at number six because. It has all the, like, water effect stuff in it, and then obviously, like, your normal Marvel visual effects stuff. And I think that there's a world in which on Tuesday, it just hits, like, all the tech nominations. And they you know, also if, if we think the, like, make up for not giving the first one the nomination. Exactly. And I think there's a world in which it gets into, you know costume design makeup and hairstyling production design visual effects and just sort of like ticks boxes there but so i i really think that that is the more likely one than dr strange to get in um because i heard one that their bake-off presentation was bad and then i heard yeah that the dr strange one was good and then dr strange is also a movie even as someone who's never seen it that I know it's a visual effects heavy movie. And the thing about it is, love those effects. That's why Spider Man got it. Water does not matter to me in Wakanda forever because of the water in Avatar. I mean, yeah, but I I do think that the issue with Doctor Strange is that it's all effects that they'd seen before. If you watch that movie after 
Avatar, which many I mean, people yeah. in the Academy might have done because they probably did not see, like, you know, there's some people who just don't seek out Marvel movies. I mean, obviously not this branch, but like, <laughs> I I cannot imagine going with Wakanda Forever after seeing Avatar, which is like insane because like the way the work was done is obviously so different. Mm-hmm. And like the time period helps Wakanda or Avatar. Yeah. But that's like the only reason I just don't see a world where Wakanda Forever gets in. But the other good thing for Wakanda Forever is that Fantastic Beasts and Jurassic World have never gotten in to yep. visual effects before. So I doubt they're going to do the third or fourth or whatever we're on here. The sixth. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. I doubt they're going to do that. I feel like there's a very obvious, like, last two places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I just, like, and the thing is, they do, like, creature design. So, like, there is an argument for Jurassic World, but I'm like, they haven't done it before, so they're not going to do this one. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But Nope would be really, really cool. But 13 yeah. Lives, I will say, I finally watched it, and I don't know where the visual effects are. So that's supporting the yes nomination, so deserved, because I don't know where the visual effects started and ended. Like, mm-hmm bad movie but deserved for visual effects and they may call him yeah. ugly so that's like unforgivable oh my god um but yeah this would all be solved if they just let um everything everywhere be eligible honestly yeah. all right are we ready to talk film editing never yes <laughs> I, I, I could rather um, die than talk about this guy yeah this is one of the ones that I feel like Kenzie has been like frantically texting about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have in my five right now, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Top Gun Maverick, The Banshees of Inishirin, and Avatar The Way of Water. And then I have All Quiet sitting in my sixth place. Swap Banshees for Babylon and you have my five. Mm. Um. Yeah, I. The one I, is I too stunned to things. speak. I just I... think the end sequence of Babylon, and well, I mean the whole movie, like the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes. I think, <sighs> I think this category gives you everything that the um they usually go for. You've got the action movie. You've got. The most editing, which I will say in this instance, I do think everything everywhere is most editing does equal good editing. Um, And then you've got Elvis, which same thing, most editing. The Fablemans, I feel like we'll get in just based on. It has a scene about editing. Multiple scenes. Like, and like, it is the only movie in contention that has an editing like machine in the movie. Like, they're not going to not nominate it. And then Banshees uh, has to get in because it's contending. But Banshees isn't getting sound. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. <laughs> and you know what is, is all quiet. And then so I'm like, where yeah. do I make this distinction? But you know, if I have to take anything out, I want to take out the Fablements. I don't want to take out Banshees uh-huh. because I... God damn it. Okay, and the other thing is, Avatar... It has great editing. 
But Avatar Miss BAFTA long list, it is just dying out there. I okay not at the box the thing, office, obviously. The thing with BAFTAs though is that I truly did they do see wonder, her? Did they see Avatar and did they see women talking? Like and my instinct is no on both of those. It and I honestly think that, that um, partially explains the Fablemans there too, because it's not out. So, and then like they just don't like than... Steven Spielberg. So well, I feel true. Like even if they did see it, he was never. Yeah. But like, especially knowing how stingy Avatar is with screeners, mm-hmm. I do really feel like that could explain the BAFTAs. Also, mm-hmm. let's just let's put it out there. Tar, great editing, yep. beautiful editing, really good editing. Let's and put it out there. Would... After Sun. Beautiful. Oh, okay. Let's talk about After <laughs> yeah. Sun. After yeah. Sun and Decision to Leave. The best editing in film all year, and neither one are getting in here. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, Glass Onion had great editing. Mm-hmm. Very flashy I mean, editing. Freaking mm-hmm. Bones and All had great editing. Bones and All is the best editing of 2022, yep. and it was paid dust. And um, Moonage okay, Daydream but... would be a really worthy nominee here. I was going to say, like, it was not even on the like list, but Moonage Daydream is my personal pick for editing. <laughs> well, it's eligible, because they're so it was on the BAFTA long list, Moon Age Daydream. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay, so I just have the hardest time because I think Banshees is number one in picture right now. I think it's really neck and neck with everything everywhere. Everything everywhere has really flashy editing, so it's in. Mm-hmm. Elvis and Top Gun, there's not even a conversation. They're both in. Um... I want to take out the Fablemans. It's not fair that I have to put it in because it has an editing machine in the fucking movie. But yeah. I don't know if people are going to think about that when they're voting. Uh, the editors will. The They'll editors look at will. That and they will lose their mind, especially because like it's not just but the you know one what scene other too. very last. It's like they talk the about like when it puts the horizon in the third lower third. Oh god! They yeah. talk about like Rolled my an eyes, old editing, and then mind. he like begs his dad for a new editing machine, and then he mm-hmm. gets the new editing machine, and he goes through the new edits. But you know what other movie clips. has editing in the plot is fucking Babylon. Mm-hmm. And you know what could get a yes. sound nomination? Yeah. Babylon. It's mm-hmm. true. Because and Babylon has a whole scene about sound to where someone literally says, and motherfucking sound. And uh-huh. you know what has a strong correlation? Editing and sound. Also, uh-huh. the editing Babylon's owns my seven. that scene. Babylon's my, the editing Babylon's my owns In that, that scene. scene? Yeah. Yes. And you know what? You know what? They have to put a war movie in. Banshees has or war in the background. Does that count? Yeah. I don't think <laughs> For it does. Like one scene. Um, okay, what if I just no guts, no glory, put Babylon in instead of the Fablemans? Okay, what if Banshees Do misses? It. Then I won't be alone. Banshees misses. And in the Now you have me considering taking Banshees out for I don't think Banshees is gonna get it. Oh, Listen, quiet. I'm a little baby. I don't know anything. Yeah, I'm like, but I don't think Banshee's. I mean, in. I'm watching Jacob fix his lineup. And okay, but if I put all quiet <laughs> in, I have it in eleven times. I feel like I can't do That's that. That's what I'm saying. Is like, I'm like, all quiet is going okay, to miss some stuff. You know spots. what? You know what? You know what? <laughs> What's she doing? Oh, she put Babylon in. There you go, Kenzie. Yes. I'm just, I'm telling you, the Babylon okay, is doing so, what the Fablemans thinks it's doing in that regard. So, okay, <laughs> new lineup. Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere. Those three in, no question about it. 
The mm-hmm. Fablemans, I guess. I mean, I understand. I just don't want it. And then Babylon. My sixth is Banshees tied with All Quiet. Thank you. For you, you and I have the same top five now. So there we go. Great. Beautiful work, everyone. Um, Glad and, I don't and speak you also very little to... words, but still convince you. But what if Mooney's Daydream gets, like, literally, what if it gets in? And then what if it, what if it's in dock? What if it gets in here? And then it gets in sound. Oh my, oh my God. You're all We're... looking at me like I'm crazy. Then it wins documentary. Then, like, yeah, then it wins documentary and then I'm a happy, happy lady. What if all that breeze misses because I was like, this one's safe. And then Mooney Daydream's in. And then, okay. Let's just start over so I can fix documentary features. <laughs> um. uh, cool. Great. I feel terrible. Um, can't wait for the next category because it's even fucking worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Cinematography. So is, Babylon in? is Babylon in? I think editing? it is. In editing? Oh, editing? I, I can, think it is. I can it see is. it. I don't have it, it right now, but... It is. It's one of my alternates. It is. I mean, like, it does, it, it does, is. the one scene that I actually, like, really loved from the movie was that ending that was, like, Edit. chaotic editing of, like, film throughout all of history. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the nine million people alive who haven't seen that one. <laughs> or who haven't uh, endured the the red and blue flashing lights. Um, that is how film is made, which goes to prove... <laughs> It should be an editing. It, yeah. Again, it's doing what the Fableman thinks it's doing. Okay, I have it in. We can move on to cinematography. Keep it. Is that is that me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It great. is great. Fucking fantastic. I love it here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for cinematography, I have Top Gun Maverick, Empire of Light, Elvis, The Batman, The Banshees of Inisherin. I did it. I I did it. Change that for all quiet, and that's mine. I don't have Elvis I, in at all. Was I on crack cocaine? You don't have what? Elvis in at all. I think uh, Elvis is undeniable at this point. I'm a like, stupid dummy, dummy. Um, no, you're not. No, I two have, weeks not. ago, two weeks ago, Elvis wasn't a thing, and now, and now it's my take. ASC, <laughs> it has ESC, yeah. it has BAFTA. It's yeah, in. it's in. Um, I have. Yeah, I said I wasn't going to change anything, but I just made like two changes. I'm so sorry. Okay, I have almost the same, except I have um, All Quiet instead of Empire of Light. Which I know is risky, Uh but I'm predicting a complete Empire of Light snub. Okay, All Quiet got BSC and BAFTA, but my only two words to you on Empire of Light are Roger Deakins? I know, but (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm predicting a complete Empire of Light snub. I don't think people the saw it. The only time Roger people Deakins don't have misses, to see it to to know that. <laughs> yeah, the only time that man misses is if he has another movie. I didn't I, see it, and I could tell you that Empire Light had stunning cinematography. It wasn't playing anywhere near me, which was really okay. Annoying, and I but... do want to, I do want to give you a moment to change this, Nicole. Um, my i live really close to to academy yeah all of the ads from like the next like six blocks around me are empire of light okay because see the thing is like 
on this side uh, of the country. All like beautiful. I feel like images. I've not heard anyone mention it since I was at TIFF. It's but I, it's it's in. I think it's it, the same. Okay, thing. he got in for Unbroken. He got, he got in, in for, for Unbroken Prisoners. <laughs> like, and I, Prisoners is a fantastic movie, but like, but it, it was did its only nothing. nomination. Yeah. And he got in for Skyfall. If there's like, a movie, if there's a person, oh brother, where pull, art thou? If there's a person who can pull a single nomination for a film, it's Roger, Sir Roger Deakins. By the way, my bad, my bad. I said okay. two words, Nicole. I had three words for you, Sir Roger Deakins. <laughs> and he's also um, currently doing book signings for his new coffee mm-hmm. table book at the. Academy oh, Museum, I did not realize that. Like five days a week, like he, that man lives at the Academy Museum. All right, fine. Um, I'm so sorry to be a bully. But I you are being a bully. For... I f- never mind. I'm not going to say that on air. Oh, <laughs> what were you going to say? I say it. I can't say it on air. I'll text I know what she's going to say. I'm going to kill myself. Wow. No, I know what. You- wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Wow. She went there. She. Went I love there. you though. I'm never <laughs> again. No, no. I'm just joking. I love you. The woman is truly too stunned to speak. And <laughs> Fine, I put again. That was a low blow. I didn't want you to miss out on an easy win, like win Her, in your count. Yeah. Okay, watch though. Now it's gonna fucking miss. So <laughs> then, if are we is, are we gonna talk about how Greg Frazier is gonna go from winning to being nominated to winning <laughs> three years in a row? Okay, let's just talk about it is a deserving nomination, but like that movie came out in March. Mm-hmm. But okay, can we can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? Does Top Gun Maverick just belong here? I don't think it belongs there, but I don't. But I think it's a shoe in. It's gonna win. It's gonna win. So annoys me is that I genuinely believe in my heart. That Top Gun Maverick is no better than Devotion. And Devotion has been nowhere. Like, it's Top Gun Maverick is only in this category because, in, in any category, because of its box of Tom office. Cruise. Yeah. Also, like, it's box office. Okay, let's move on to Avatar. Yeah, please. Please. Also, Avatar won cinematography, and I don't think the sequel's getting in. It's It's the same thing is like the uh the lord of the rings effect the first wins and the rest say oh they did it again congrats it's just Um, so dumb because this movie is infinitely more beautiful mm -hmm. you're telling me no one was moved to tears when he is with his whale yeah yes absolute um also let's just tar could could show up it could also, this Bardo. Is, I was going to say, this is a place where Bardo does well and gets into international. I could see it showing up here. Um, I could also see Bardo as like a sole nomination, just like Empire of White. I agree. Um, also, just going to like Elvis, it will do what is needed. She will be the third. Mandy Walker will be the third woman ever nominated in this category. Which is wild really wild um but i'm so as much as i don't understand um <laughs> i love elvis but i didn't walk away like cinematography like there are obviously like beautiful shots but i just didn't like 
I feel like some of the cinematography with the performances in it is really yeah, good. The way Very that it looks Star like Born, grainy not to... film, but still crisp. Well, is... yeah. so I went to an Academy screening of Elvis and Mandy Walker was there talking about um, Boz was really specific about wanting to shoot exactly what, like, the same angles as the footage mm-hmm. they have. And, but he also wanted it to look the exact same. And so she had to build, like, find old camera lenses and build them into like cranes to like shoot the way he wanted and then like Austin and her were talking about like how they ran through private rehearsals with each other so that she would know Mm. how to move the camera the way he was moving and I think that's really fascinating and it's also like I can't believe I didn't see it before but it's the same thing as the makeup and costume design where like it's all these things that like really make him look like Elvis and like highlight that. Um, I also think like in all of the other tech categories, they're helped here by the fact that Boz and Austin are continually talking about the people who worked on this movie in all the crafts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that helps. Yeah, a lot. And I guess it's right, like you guys are saying, like there's a lot of like different like types of shots like where it looks super different like his tv performances like where it's like you're watching him grainy and then it like cuts to the clear hd Mm -hmm. shots okay cool um but i can't let nicole go without saying this the woman king should be in here anyway yes Mm -hmm. yes it should also babylon should be here say what you want about the movie it is beautiful i agree yeah i i will except maybe they took it out because they said that one shot of the elephant you're done no you know what you let a spoiler alert you let the elephant shit on the camera bravo what other movie does that thank you they said they're endangering cameras he's like that fucking horse right over my 10th camera (laughs) i love babylon i didn't i'm not a damien chazelle girly those first 10 minutes i can't it's that mind that's like I can't sleep because of this video. <laughs> the elephant, the hooker, the the everything. elephant, the elephant hooker. <laughs> you know, there may as well have been, and it wouldn't have shocked me with everything else going on. I've been like, okay, <laughs> yep, same. All they right, literally could have had a centaur jump through the roof. <laughs> And do a cartwheel. And I would have been like, okay, because that's <laughs> oh. sorry. Um, is there anything else anybody wants to shout out before we but I will say if Tar gets in, Tar yeah. is through the roof mm-hmm. performing. Like yeah, I this agree. is this and editing are the two spots where I could see it popping up if it's like really respected. Yeah. But you know, it could be like they're against it, but just saying, just saying. <laughs> um, okay, I'm not next, right? You're next. No, I think I'm next. Okay, Thank original God. song. <laughs> original, original song. Kenzie and I are um, about to go to battle on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I am still playing with my order, so don't pay attention to it. But my five are "Lift Me Up" from Bra- what from Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Um, not you, not you from RRR. It's soul nomination. Uh, hold my hand from Top Gun Maverick. Ciao, Papa from 
uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio and applause from Tell It Like a Woman, which I hear is an actual film. Is it a movie movie or just? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't even think think it's a real movie. I I think think the distinction of a movie movie is actually exactly what Harry was talking about to distinguish it from movies like this. Okay, you know what's really funny? Everybody knows what he was talking about and everyone's just a bully. Like okay, me. that's the thing. I know exactly what he meant. <laughs> yeah, like I don't. And know I agree. Don't worry, so darling. Is is a movie, a movie, movie, movie. And I, I, whatever this is, isn't. But I yeah. think its song is getting in anyway. <laughs> um, the only difference, the only difference I have, Chow Papa out, and I put Dustin Ash from the voice of Dustin Ash. <laughs> okay, and I don't mean this in a shady way, but can can someone explain to me what that is? <laughs> can someone explain to me how that's not the song from Great Comet? <laughs> <laughs> I love Josh Groban. <laughs> the, okay. Number one, the resident Josh Gurley's, or Groban Gurley's on the pod, and she wants to know, why is there Dustin Ashes that's not... No, literally, like, it's the voice of Dustin Ash. Is it a movie? Is it a doc? Is it a... It is... Experimental short film? It's actually not what I thought it was. Um, It's about someone... Ayatollah. Um, Did anybody watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. No. (laughs) The Ayatollah is part of this movie. Okay. After Iran's Ayatollah banned music, artists were exiled, imprisoned, and executed. Iconic maestro risked everything to confront the regime, singing truth to power and uniting the country. Um, is it a documentary? I, I don't know. Yes, it's a documentary. It's a documentary. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, this sounds oh. too real to be a movie. Like, yeah. A fictional. Um, well, now I'm in- I'll, I'll give it this. I'm interested now. <laughs> yeah, same. I don't know how you watch it. Sorry. Um, but uh, the reason I have it in is not because of the subject matter. It is because Jay Ralph wrote this song and has been nominated for three Oscars. The reason um, that I have Chow Papa in is the Alexander Desplat of it all. Okay, but my thing is... I'm so sorry, but the way that you emphasized splat in that yeah. really, really... Well, there's two T's. Really... The splat. Listen, I listen... Oh, there's one T. There's not one... I'm so sorry, Alexander. <laughs> no, it wasn't even, like, making fun of the way you pronounce it. It was the fact that you put so much emphasis on it. He's mad at what me was... the way you were mad at me. Um, what was the... But, uh, okay, oh, my she- reasoning Chevalier. Is... <laughs> I was very convinced. I, <laughs> yeah, you were. I, okay, I, I pronounced it like all shit over my body. <laughs> um, Nicole and I are both like, okay, he's a real person. Like, come on, guys. Um, so <laughs> the reason I took out Chow Papa, this is one of my like four no guts, no glory picks because I added that other one in editing. Um, I don't think it's very memorable. Is one isn't. But I've been told that children fucking love this song. Wait, really? Um, yeah. My friend told me that her, because her kid is a little older than Daisy, like three, she's turning four. And she said she just runs around the house singing Chow Papa. Like, not the rest <laughs> of the so words funny. to the song, but she's like, Chow Papa. Like, <laughs> she, but she didn't tell me she's far more interested in the poop song than this there song. But that's obviously a different reason. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do think Chow Papa's in. Like, they always nominate an animated movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just... 
it is so forgettable that but yeah that stupid toy story three song or toy story four song got in yeah that which that song was also very forgettable of the song even yeah, yeah. and that song was used as at least this one was used in the actual movie yeah like, that's I very do, true it's not the song that is keeping it out it is jay ralph that is keeping him in is mm-hmm. my thing yeah. i have to take a swing somewhere and this category is never easy and we are all like the diane warren nomination is the kooky one but also and i'm not gonna do it because she's diane warren she's like roger deakins you can't take her out like she's if she... but this could be the year where they're like we gave you an honorary one we're done with these bullshit they're like get out they're if like, she gets um, in this year she'll always get in yeah but... if she gets in this yeah. year you can never take her out but if she get, does not make it in this year i think this is the last year i just put her in for mm-hmm. putting her in but mm-hmm. i will say they should hire harry styles to be like movie movie not a yeah. movie and if yep. he it doesn't pass his test she can't get in i um, agree but just there are so many like i've heard some rumblings about the a man called auto song oh um so i wouldn't be shocked if that gets in i also wouldn't be shocked if this is where everything everywhere really overperforms and it, the song gets in um the only songs i don't think have a chance and i could be totally wrong is the song from till mm-hmm. the selena gomez song r.i.p and the avatar song feels kind of because i feel like they chose the wrong song and i don't yeah. think carolina's getting in either I think Carolina could. I just don't I, think so because I think if they surprise us and they take anything out, they're putting in some weird fucking song like Dustin Ash from the voice of Dustin Ash. Like it's not gonna be Or the they weekend. could go the everything everywhere song. But they're not gonna do what I know everybody wants. They're not gonna do new buddy rumba. It's not happening. I know. Yeah. It should I honestly happen. think I think the Avatar song is more likely than that. I think Avatar could get in if Avatar is having its best day. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. if that song gets in, I'm gonna start to be like, holy shit, James Cameron did it. I'm Well, yeah, I'm gonna be like, big jokes in director. It did. I See You by Leona Lewis, one of my favorite songs of all time. No, I feel like it was a different song. It was not I See You by Leona Lewis. No, I could be wrong. I just didn't Hold like on. Avatar, so I wasn't. That is one of my. Fa- I hate I'm Avatar. I'm looking right now. Uh, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time, or favorite songs of all time. Well, it's not in the 2009 or 2010 spot. So. It didn't get in. Yeah. Then I'm sorry. I've not heard the new Avatar song, but this one's not getting in. Well, the song in Avatar that should have been considered is the. I understand the reason it didn't even get make the shortlist is because it's in like a fictional language. But the song yeah. that Zoe Saldana sings, the prayer bead song or whatever. Yes, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Niatim song. Plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good and her voice is beautiful. So And it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah it's a really great song and it's really like emotional and mm-hmm. I just feel like they should have gone with that. But I do want to say the reason I think RRR has the spot of like it's not a celebrity, you know, like it's like like that spot. I think there's the Diane Warren spot. Then you have Lady Gaga and Rihanna. And I'm telling you, Rihanna could miss. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one that I could that song, see. Nobody from her fan base is happy with that song. I'm sorry, the Super Bowl is running ads right now that are like, when is Rihanna making a new song? And I'm like, she just came out with a new song. 
even mm-hmm. like her team doesn't remember this song. <laughs> and I just feel like it's the same thing as um like I'm trying to think of another comparison where it's just like the song we all think is safe because it's like a big like young and beautiful or so actually it's not like young and beautiful because that song fucking deserved young and beautiful deserved the oscar a grammy it won it deserved a no disrespect to those no disrespect to those who have won this award but this award literally means nothing because young and beautiful didn't win it yeah like truly (laughs) um Um, but i'm just gonna say it i don't think lady gaga is winning but she is 1000% nominated Mm-hmm. That is the, that and not to not to feel like really like the only ones that feel secure, and then the Diane Warren song. But the Diane Warren song, it's like this could be the year she's like done. Mm-hmm. Like who yeah. knows? Who knows? See, I think Chow Papa's in that too, but I do agree. And I just um, feel like it's so not memorable that I'm like, if this movie's underperforming, mm-hmm. it could just dip out here. Uh, Black Panther had another song that it could have, uh, they could have gotten nominated, right? right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it did. It's the same thing as the Lady Gaga song, where the other song is better. Mm -hmm. The One Mm -hmm. Republic song. Um, But Pour One Out for Vegas, great original song. What a song. Vegas is beautiful. Doja Cat, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, and Chow Papa. Would have been a That's banger a lineup. I think. You remember I, love, they I did... would love if Garamo went on stage to perform it. No, no, no. With, it's gonna be the, Doja Cat, no, the voice of Nokia. Remember how that terrible sketch that they did at the Oscars last year, where they had like all these hot men on stage. Uh-huh. Yeah. And okay, but like, imagine it's like all pop divas, and then Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> I would. I would like... fucking love that. Charlie XCX, where are you, girl? Like, get in this category for bodies, bodies, bodies. I want them to be like, you know what? We just have decided we're going to present all the original songs at one time. And it's Lady Gaga, then Rihanna, and then Doja Cat. And Doja Cat, like, lingers a little too long. And then it just, all the lights cut, and it's a spotlight on the kid who did the voice of Pinocchio. And he's like, ciao, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cute. Um, I also just before we move on would like to recognize the fact that I the managed Spirited song. Okay, yes. I, that's I was thinking that as well. But and the Christmas reason songs why... don't show up here. No, sorry. Uh, the reason, on. the I only reason I was thinking say, it, but... no, because of uh the um Eurovision of it all and the Will and Ferrell of it all. Words everywhere for Spirited here. Well, they know they're like, late. New <laughs> holidays are they're over. New. Yeah. They're new. <laughs> they're not left over. They're new. It's crazy and they're all for the song i was just gonna say i want everyone to recognize that i did a really good job i had to concentrate very hard i'm not saying ciao papa and i did it my my husband goes wait like it's italian i was like i told you mussolini was in it and he's like i don't know like Okay, when I'm in LA next month, I'm going to have a little history lesson with your no, To be fair, because my friend's cat's name is Mussolini, so he just like probably wasn't listening to me. <laughs> she got it. She adopted it. The cat was already named that. I don't know why she didn't change okay. it. I'm very sorry. But it went missing once, and she put up posters, and no one contacted her. Was she like running around her neighborhood being like, Mussolini! Mussolini! Come back! <laughs> she did find it. 
he's alive he's doing great um anyway does anyone have any other songs they think could show up i really um, want to put dustin ash over lift me up but i'm gonna leave it i guess do it do it dustin ash I'm, just okay. because i keep I'm thinking y'all are talking about the great comet song so i'm just gonna put it in um yeah great great love it here um okay am i next yes yes okay yes. great fucking great i got film editing and i got sound fucking love it here <laughs> all right i have top gun maverick elvis all quiet on the western front everything everywhere all at once and babylon when you made the babylon editing switch i was like are you gonna put it in sound i actually already <laughs> had it in sound because of the sound scene, I just cannot imagine that and the jazz singer scene is mm-hmm. some of the best sound I've seen in a theater all year. And I do think with Babylon, Academy members saw this in theaters. Like whether it was a screening or like because at first they weren't sending screening links. And second off, I live really close to the main Academy theater and the, my, even my husband who has no idea about any of this stuff texted me when he was driving home one day, there is a line around the block for the Academy theater and it was the Babylon screening. And I have never seen there be a line hours ahead of a screening other than Babylon. Okay. If you could hear my typing, you just convinced me. (laughs) I just, I think that sound scene Everyone who's worked in sound is going to put it in. Yeah, that uh, makes sense to me. Jacob, no. What do you have? No, on? I'm like, I'm thinking about doing it. I'm just okay, like... So, so you have Avatar in place of Babylon. Mm-hmm. They, I um, put everything everywhere in because I think, I personally right now think it's winning editing, and I don't think it will win editing without a sound. Um. So I'm like thinking, I'm like, do I put Babylon in? Because I I can't okay, be ignorant so to the fact that it will show up. Like it, it will be is, somewhere. I had the Batman in, but Batman mm-hmm. did not get BAFTA. It was shortlisted, but it did not get the nomination. My thing is, and a stat for you is that Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio made MPSE, but not the animated. It just made the regular list. Interesting. But it didn't make CAS, but only the animated. I just... So, Babylon was only shortlisted for BAFTA. It did not get any nominations. You saying the but, Pinocchio uh, thing made it harder. I know. I'm really sorry. Um, um, I, I can, Avatar I can... got everything. Yeah, CAS, I can go they back love, to the PSE. They love sound, um, sound design and animated. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say Moonish Daydream only got doc nominations, but it got CAS and MPSE. Everything Everywhere missed BAFTA, but it was long-listed, but it got MPSE. And I'm so, going to say it just in case anybody has it. Wakanda Forever blanked absolutely everywhere. It wasn't on any long mm-hmm. list either. I have, obviously, Top Gun Maverick, and then I have Avatar, All Quiet, Elvis, and Babylon. Yeah. But like you were saying, Jacob, I don't have everything everywhere winning editing so i have it missing here mm-hmm. which works yeah <laughs> i yeah i feel like if you have it winning editing you have to have it here mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But the other thing is with everything everywhere, because I didn't have it in for a while, but a lot of ads here are like singling out the sound. And I think that's really interesting. And then um, there's a lot of ads for it on like podcasts and stuff. And they like play clips of how like you can hear like other lines of dialogue throughout the film. And I feel like they're really highlighting the sound. Yeah, it's my six, and the yeah. Batman's my seven. The Batman is a deserving nom. If it gets in, yeah. I'll be really excited. Like, I don't think it's... Same. And same thing with Moon Age Daydream. Like, it mm-hmm. should get in. And Brett Morgan, the director, has been putting out clips on how they made the sound in the film. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. But I just don't know. Like, he's doing that on Twitter. Like, does that really... Yeah. Like, you know, it could be a Twitter thing. Yeah, there's another Twitter thing going around. What is it? Uh it's in a in a different actress category. Oh. Uh but Top Gun Maverick, Elvis, and How Quiet feel really safe. It's just like there's like five things that could get in those last two slots. Uh Uh-huh. But once again, what you're doing in editing is like, what are you doing here? So Babylon's the move. That was pretty fast. I, Does anybody yeah. have anything else to say? I thought we were going to No, I, I, I oh. moved Babylon into my five. Um, Hell yeah. Because <laughs> I just think of anything, Chazelle's always done well in the sound categories. Yep. Obviously so. That's what all of his movies are about. Um, and like you said, I would feel hypocritical if I was like, Fableman's is getting in because there's an editing scene and than not having Babylon get in <laughs> that has a sound scene. Um, so yeah, so I, I I put Babylon in as my five, and I moved Guillermo del Toro's as a six, as a hope, hopeful wish. Um, Did you have Avatar in like three minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> you moved it down so low. <laughs> wow. I moved it to what seven. A, what a change of events in three minutes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going through it right now. <laughs> I would love to be like Lex or Nicole and be like, I did it. I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm going to be completely real. Like, I struggle with these types of categories because I can't, like, outside of, like, obviously, I've got so make sure I'm on the right slot because sometimes I forget how to read. I, <laughs> for sound, have Top Gun, All Quiet, Everything Everywhere. Elvis and Babylon and my only like all quiet's a war film Worms, wars go boom and I hate that like it's that simple in my thought process of these sort of things but like I just struggle with sound Elvis the fact that it's a mu- it, the music component obviously um, everything everywhere like the thing with everything everywhere is all the technical aspects it's got 10,000 things going on and so and it all works together and so i think it's getting in in all the technical aspects it's just showing um and then babylon it's the same thing where it's kind of the same thing with everywhere everything everywhere where it's like there's so much going on in babylon that um i just i don't know it sounds a hard one for me plus in babylon there's all the there's all like the jazz scenes yeah and um and there's, there's literally a banner rain in, scenes and well for me it's the jazz singer scene because like everyone mm-hmm. always yeah. talks about the hello college scene which is obviously like an all-timer but like 
the jazz singer scene like in a theater that is one of the most wild sound experiences i've had all year it really captured like the graininess but also like everything with the dialogue from diego calva is like like clear so it's like really impressive work like i know at their bake-off they probably went with hello college but the the jazz singer scene is just impeccable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah i do think all quiet just because it's a war movie but it's also really impressive work so it's really like i do feel dumb being like it's the war movie but it's like but that's the thing is like war movies always like it is yeah like it is (laughs) right like and then elvis top gun maverick like we get it but it's just but i will say elvis is some of the most impressive sound work i've seen in a movie about music and like performances in so long like it's so impressive and that movie is doing really well with screenings in person at theaters and it's only playing in theaters here at least that have great um sound so they know because it did the it did the dolby um whatever the special dolby thing is yeah it's the first and only movie i've ever seen in the special dolby sound yeah like i i really think that's a shoe in um and it should be in contention to win but i think top gun maverick's running away with it unfortunately yeah. flying away with it mm-hmm. <laughs> you really did that <laughs> uh okay should we move on to original score mm-hmm. no this one i do feel passionately about all right oh god here i go okay <laughs> <laughs> i feel so bad about this so i'm this is one that i'm very open to being convinced otherwise on um i have women talking babylon the fablemans banshees and all quiet wait um say that again yeah okay never mind i know what you're missing um pinocchio is my six okay interesting Pinocchio is my six wait say your five again (laughs) i have women talking babylon the Fablemans, Banshees, and All Quiet. Okay, so I have, and I don't know if this is the move because I've actually been listening to the Banshees score a lot, but I have Everything Everywhere. Um, oh, that's a good, that's a good pick. I other... think Everything Everywhere is okay. So I have it at eight, but I can explain why I have it at eight. Okay. Oh, okay. I have All Quiet at six because I think it's a really experimental, cool score. I don't have an end because this is one of those places I was like, what am I doing with its total nominations? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like a weird score. And I don't think he's a name for this branch. And this branch is very weird about names, which is why I would keep a motherfucking eye on the mm-hmm. woman king. Yep. Because the <laughs> five bloods just showed up. So I I'm am not letting myself predict any surprises with the woman king yeah. giving in yeah. because so, it like, feels I don't have too much like hope predicting but i'm just saying like if that shows up he did like he did it again like you know like yep. i don't know what to tell you um the other thing is she said i'm gonna still have it in my 10 because it's nicholas Bertel. you never know but i don't yeah. think it's in um but everything i think nicholas Bertel's really... year is coming next year and i'm just gonna okay. put that out there now yeah I, I do think Everything Ever is a really good call out mm-hmm. because it's a great score. If the movie's overperforming, this is an easy nomination. Um I do the scene the scene that's highlighted by literally everybody and the scene that won 
key the award is, is like a beautiful beautiful ex- mm-hmm. like clip mm-hmm. for the score i think see this is my thing is i just personally think going in that everything everywhere is going to be that one that stacks the nominations but doesn't get a lot of wins and i think score is going to be one of the places that it stacks mm. all quiet like i could see all quiet not getting in at the end of the day but my thing with all quiet is I did watch that movie and I am not a war movie girly. I don't like war films. So I only watched it once and I've watched a lot of things since then. That score stuck with me. I've listened it is, to it. It is yeah. and it felt like part of the like it is it is part of the film. It is moving the narrative. And that really stuck with me with that movie. And so I just I could see it not getting in, but I also think like shame on the academy if it doesn't, because it it is it is the best score. Well, actually, I think Women Talking is the best score. And then Women Talking is what I have winning right now. But yeah, I I loved the All Quiet score. It's really I... crazy. I really thought Women Talking was running away from with this. And I thought Babylon would be lucky to get a nomination. But because everyone who even dislikes Babylon is like, what a score. I moved Babylon to number one. Yeah, I, I honestly, I still Babylon have... is like voodoo mama is like the voodoo mama is in my like playlist of the moment playlist on spotify but it's so derivative of la la land that that's my thing with babylon is i can't get over how much it sounds like la la land and he's been open about it too yeah yeah like he's i think he said he straight up sampled la la land like Mm -hmm. intentionally my thing is i have women talking at my number one right now not because i necessarily think it's winning but because i feel so like set that it's getting nominated and maybe yeah. i'm wrong for that no but I think, this is like I think, where I, the most confident i feel about it anywhere yeah this is yeah. the <laughs> most confident Same. i feel about it in any category and like i'm sorry like she's a previous winner mm-hmm. a recent winner she won at cca for an ineligible score but like i also think like having multiple scores even if one of them is ineligible is a benefit to her and i don't know unless even if you've seen trent resonant atticus ross don't talk about yeah. that we don't talk about that <laughs> yeah um but i do think also like you don't even have to see the movies to know about the score it's in the trailer and it's beautiful uh-huh and i i think you know i think we forget well not we but i think people forget about who she beat and the movie she beat and the movie mm-hmm. she won for. Mm-hmm. And not only like that, her TV work has won her Emmys on top of that. And she's like consistently been heralded as like, you know, one of the best up and comers. Um, and I think that's one thing that really sticks with you from women talking a lot. I like as someone who loves the Fablemans. What a forgettable I hate, score. <laughs> I a, like a four <laughs> a four like song score. Um when there is so much better work, I want to take it out. I'm like toying with the idea of taking it out and putting everything everywhere well, and like it having that be. Being... It hurts him that he, that interview went viral of him being like, I'm not retiring like during voting because it's like, yeah, do we and have I, to nominate you then? Like, I think it hurts him that he's doing the John Williams documentary now where he'll yeah. probably make more music for it. Yeah, I just, it's not, it's not anything against the Fablemans. It's just like a really, like, there is no, you don't walk away with it being like, what a score. And it's like, 
in a year of like I think that there's like seven scores that'll be like in my best of like the decade and it's like why are we doing a forgettable score because he's a name like it's just I don't know yeah I don't know it's really and yet I don't feel comfortable taking it out (laughs) yeah that's the thing I don't think I can take it out it's my number five though because I think Banshee's the score is really like original but also like classic Mm -hmm. and it's like it's it really guides you along in the film and I think that really helps but it's also a great listen on its own women talking same thing Babylon like voodoo mama is just it's a meme (laughs) it has become a meme (laughs) like I I just think it's undeniable I I don't know I just I wouldn't be shocked if the woman king everything everywhere or all quiet get in I just don't Mm -hmm. know what you take out Nicole took one for the team by taking out Pinocchio I I'm like really close to taking out Fablemans. I think I took out Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Pinocchio's Which is so six. funny because All Quiet's my six, but if I take the Fablemans out, that's not You're putting in everything up. everywhere? I'm, I'm putting in either the Woman King or everything everywhere. I'm not moving All Quiet up. Woman um, King would be like... I just think Woman King is like one of those things if it happens, I'm like, of, of course. But like, yeah. I'm not ready to predict it. Yeah. I'll probably cry. If it, <laughs> if it gets in... I will be, you know, that GIF of Austin Butler from W Magazine with the, the yeah. champagne. Yeah, I, I, same. Woo! Laps around the building at five a.m. <laughs> uh, um, everything, everywhere, made BAFTA, right? It. It did. It also made the um, sound. The I don't know the abbreviation. Sorry, the SCL indie. Mm-hmm. Um. What do I have? So, Notables, The Fablemans was not even long listed for BAFTA. Glass Onion was long listed for BAFTA, and that is a big score. And mm. if Glass Onion overperforms, that is somewhere I think it could get in, especially because the movie ends on the score. Yes. And it's such a fun score, too. Um, um, the movies that have done the best are Babylon, Pinocchio, and Banshees with precursors mm-hmm. all quiet got bafta mm-hmm. um women talking was long listed for bafta didn't get nominated fableman's not long listed everything everywhere got a bafta nomination in the scl indie glass onion was long listed for bafta it's so annoying bafta long listed a ton of things that are ineligible <laughs> yeah um i don't think they'll repeat with wakanda forever because like i know he won for the first one but i don't think They'll do it again. I think this is the one that they'll be like, absolutely not. Like we already did this. <laughs> like I, I, I just. I don't think, think they will, but like I have it. I think at like nine or ten because I'm like, but it's a great score. Like it's a great it's, score. It's a great score. Um, yeah. Something I do want to point out is nope and don't worry, darling. We're both given nominations at SCL the Guild for this, and they are both eligible. If don't worry, darling gets in. Y'all I will fucking lose my mind. That is a great. Kinsey will score. be able to hear me scream literally all the way from California. I, and you'll hear me. Yeah, we'll both be like, we'll be like, oh, <laughs> um, no, great, great, great score. But um, just I don't think they're in. But just worth noting that they are eligible and they both wanted their like had a nomination mm-hmm. at their guild. But I'm gonna um, leave it for now. But let's just delete John Williams from this file. I just like. 
it, if he wouldn't have got the nomination for the Rise of Skywalker, which all he did was because he didn't do anything. So why and put it together? His best, uh, his best song from that score was only used in the trailer and not even used in the movie. Um, oh God. Okay, I'm leaving it as it is. I'm not changing it. All right, should we move on to a really it. easy category? <laughs> oh, actually, uh, I need to. I do need to make changes in this. I have thoughts. Um. Well, okay. they won't be updated in our written. That's okay. Version. That's okay. <laughs> um. Is it Nicole or me? I can't remember. I think it's. Uh, no, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So for supporting actor, um, I always feel like I say his name wrong. Kei Hoi Kwan. Oh, I, I no, was going to say I watched it, him so teach different. someone how to okay. pronounce it. It's Kei. It's. Oh my gosh, I don't remember the first name. Kei Kwan. I know okay. it's Kei Hoi okay. Kwan. That. <laughs> um, I'm afraid to attempt it and be wrong. Um, but for everything, everywhere, all at once. Then, and I know this is maybe silly of me to put it in this order, but I'm doing it. Then Barry Keoghan for Banshees of Inisherin. Then Brendan Gleeson for Banshees of Inisherin. Then the I have order. Eddie Redmayne for The Good Nurse. And then I have Brad Pitt for Babylon. I only swapped Eddie Redmayne for Brian Tyree Henry. I Ooh. swapped Eddie Redmayne for I have, Paul Dano. I have Eddie Redmayne as the person, the Lady Gaga, the Jared Leto, who shows up mm-hmm. everywhere and misses. Nothing to say about their okay, performances. Yeah. I just think he's the one. Because he'll be the sole See, nomination. And you'll and, see who my person of that is. And later. I love yours. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't with, do it, but I couldn't do it for two categories. But my thing with Eddie is, is that he's a former winner. And normally when people who show up everywhere that are sole nomination, they're, they've never won before. And since he's a former winner, I just think yeah. he falls into the Jared Leto, Lady Gaga. I know Lady Gaga won for a song. Please don't yell at me. Um, <laughs> but like, I just think, like, he's a former winner. He doesn't need this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have him at six because, like, you can't ignore that he's been absolutely everywhere. Also, he's Eddie Redmayne, and we all know that if he's so anybody likeable. can campaign, it's Eddie Redmayne. Like, yeah, he's so he's, likable. There are a million billboards for the good nurse here, but the funny thing is, is that they are about him and Jessica Chastain and not just him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's very weird. Um, because she hasn't shown up anywhere, so like that's really weird. Which I wonder though if her not showing up anywhere has more to do with the fact that like she won last year, and, and like, she has it's a really subtle performance for, for it. Yeah, like it's a really subtle performance for her, which Whereas, I love her performance. But it's just really funny that like we we're we're literally I'm Eddie trying Redmayne. to see when is the last time? Okay, Eddie hasn't been nominated since 2016. Mm-hmm. Well, we so maybe that helps. Why he um, well, yeah. But I just think yeah. you can't have him lower than like seven, honestly, because like he has shown up everywhere. But I did. I just in my gut, I'm like he's the one who misses. I think Brad Pitt is in because that is such an Academy friendly performance, and you cannot ignore that every person, TV or movie or presenter or whatever was like, oh my god, Brad Pitt in their Golden Globe speech. We wanna... have seen uh, that the industry does not care about what Brad Pitt has done. And on and top of that... Um, it's his best performance in maybe 15 years. It, yeah, it's his best performance <laughs> since Moneyball, in my opinion. But um, I... And you'll see with my actor lineup, 
there is zero movie star power in the actors and he's a guy who like you know like don't, don't said, talk about bill nye that way <laughs> they they will put the camera on him whenever they want the audience to like be like oh he was nominated and he, that's um, why i put so, him over eddie is because he still yeah, has like that like, superstar like sophia mm-hmm. from oscar wilde was talking about how he's kind of like become the jack nicholson where he's like in yep. the celebrity seat like and i think that's a really yeah. great like equation there because he is that person i will say i have paul dano at eight i think judd hirsch gets in before he does I have I, Paul Dano. I know yeah. that Judd Hirsch is barely in the movie. And I know that the Judy Dench comparison Ooh. isn't equal because the movie ends on Judy Dench in Belfast, so it's very different. But I just cannot ignore that there are a million billboards in LA that are just Judd Hirsch's face. Um but and I think Paul Dano is too subtle. I know he got sag, but like I just think it's too subtle. But he is helped by having a complimentary performance as the Riddler in the Batman. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I will know. put on air now that I promised last night, um, Lex and Kenzie, that if Paul Dano is nominated, I will do a bit from nominations until the Oscars where I, I always act as though I think he's nominated for the Batman. Um, I also promised so... that I would do a bit that if he got nominated for the Batman, every time he was mentioned, I'd go, oh. <laughs> so Lex and I are ready with like a bit so like you know I'm just saying I'm, I'm prepared for it to occur like okay so now I'm like should I put him in so he gets nominated um <laughs> also just want to say if Woody Harrelson surprises here because of an overperformance of Triangle of Sadness will not be surprised also I just want to speak it into existence um I don't think it's happening but if Ben Wishaw mm-hmm is the sole acting nomination it for women talking. So right. It feels very Academy-like. Yeah. To be, and I will say, to be fair to them, if that does occur, he is the only possible male to nominate from the movie. Yeah. And, and it genuinely could be a thing of vote splitting with the women. I... Especially because I think if it happened, he'd be like the fifth slot. Also, no one yelled at me about Brian Tyree Henry. Is everyone fine with that prediction? I mean, or... I, 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 I very much understand it. I, I have him like, sitting think... below the Fable Women in my predictions. I as, just like, my feel like the there was a little buzz. Fable Men. Oh, I thought you said the, the Fable Women. I was like, <laughs> you've heard of the Fable Men. Now get ready for the Fable Women. Fable Women. Wait, what if they do like a um, Midnight Sun where they do the Fable Men's from the mother's perspective? Wait, there we go. <laughs> Wait, there we go. <laughs> um, no, I just there was a little buzz for him the week of nominations, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I would feel better if I thought that Jennifer Lawrence had a chance too. My thing is, she only campaigned for him. She literally mm-hmm. didn't know campaigning for herself. Um, I don't know. I just feel like maybe he has that goodwill of like yeah. the Jesse Plemons, if you will, where he's been in a million movies that have been in contention. Obviously, not the same thing as Jesse Plemons, but like he's been in a ton of movies with contention for Best Picture nominations or some Oscar nominations. And I just think maybe it's his time. I don't know. I think he's like seven, honestly. I just mm-hmm. wanted to do something wild because 
I don't want to put Eddie Redman. <laughs> yeah. I also I just want to say I don't think Eddie Redmayne's bad in this movie. He has a clip, yes, of I <laughs> badness, but like he is not terrible in this movie. I it's don't okay, one scene. I think he was I think he was like actually like scary. He good was scary. At some, at, like some I points. don't think the clip in context is that bad. I think that it's one I of those laughed. clips. I laughed. Okay. I'm really sorry. But I think it's meant to seem a little bit ridiculous. Like, I just think it's one of those clips that gets taken out of context and looks so much worse than it actually is. Like, and like, people just don't like his acting. So they just like are really going off on it. So it's just like really exaggerated. And I think this is like the best casting of him in a long time. Mm-hmm. Agree. Agree. I, and I watched his. Actors on Actors with Arata Armas, which was interesting. And he didn't talk about himself that much. He mostly just asked her questions. But yeah, what he like, was sure. Why shared, did you do this? I, it, honestly, every so often the subtext was there. Um, it was actually very funny because he was talking about how, like, what a great set the good nurse was and how, like, supported he felt and, like, how, what a great director he got to work with. And then Arata Armas is like, yeah, so I was traumatized for several months. Um... <laughs> And he sounds like a little concerned, <laughs> but hearing him talk about like the way that he did his research for the role and how he worked on creating the role, it it feels very um, actory, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why I could see the Academy going for it. Yeah, and it's... like he showed up absolutely everywhere, and like everywhere. you were saying. Who is better at campaigning than Eddie Redmayne? Like, and partially just because he is nice. He's like, so nice. Everyone is so mean to him. And I think he's really kind from mm-hmm. what I know. I've only heard great things. And a man who doesn't just wear plain suits. Thank you. Thank you. One for the team. Um, Because we're going to spend 45 minutes on this next category. Does anybody have anything else to add Let's to go. the supporting actor? But I will say it's Kehu Kwan's to lose. Like this is his. Yeah, yeah there's cannot... it's it's as locked up as anything. Yeah. And I cannot wait for that speech. Um mm-hmm. moving on to an easy category, supporting actors. There's not <laughs> one doubt in my mind with this category. I had no problems. Um <laughs> I don't think she's winning, but I have Carrie Condon at one because truly that is the only one I feel confident about. I think there is a reason for every single person to miss. Yep. Um, Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow for The Whale, Dolly De Leon for Triangle Sadness, and I still have Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's my five. My my big whole Oscars No Guts No Glory is I think Triangle Sadness is going to be blanked, and I have Stephanie Hsu in over Dolly De Leon. But yeah, I have Stephanie at six. Mm-hmm. I just. I I feel like her and Jamie Lee don't both get in, so it's one or the other. And I think Eddie Redmayne's the person that showed up everywhere that misses. Mm-hmm. I um. Also, I'm gonna say it. Jesse Buckley could fucking show up. Yeah, and I think Nina. I think Nina Haas could show up. I, I think, think Claire Foy could show up. Honestly, yeah. I think Carrie Mulligan. What a beautiful could show day up. it would be if she did. I took a big swing on this uh and i have angela bassett carrie condon and hong chow i have jamie lee curtis as the big snub of the season 
Is I it have a snub? Stephanie. Hmm. It wouldn't be a snub. The big, like <laughs> writing wrongs of the season. Um, I and for the record, for anyone listening, I have nothing against Jamie Lee Curtis. I have something against it's Jamie just Lee Curtis. Performance. It, and like a her performance in this movie and b her being nominated for this movie mm-hmm. um anyways i have stephanie sue making it in and then i have janelle monet surprisingly uh, making it in for glass onion i would love um, that so much i like and maybe this is me being crazy i was watching him figures the other day and i was like damn for a musician turned actress she has like turned out some good work and she's playing well, isn't her the first, double role. Isn't her first performance in Moonlight? Or am I yeah. tripping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like what a filmography. Right. Like what a filmography. Also, side note, she's great in Harriet. Um she is she great is. in Harriet. A film that Lex and I actually saw together. <laughs> we did. Um, honestly, an underrated movie. But she's playing the double role. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for Glass Onion. Um <laughs> at this point, come on. Right. Like, sorry, it's I'm allowed to do it now. And I think that it's a very strong performance. And I feel like Netflix has been showing up to things. She's been showing up to things. Uh, and I mean, like, events and stuff. Um, I just, it's it's a no guts, no glory thing. But I, I have her it. in. I love it. I want it. I want it so bad. She's my I, seven behind okay, yeah. Dolly De, De Leon. Because I yeah. think... I think realistically, if Triangle of Sadness does work, which I will talk about in in a later category, um, I think realistically, if Triangle of Sadness does work, she's in. Yeah. Um, but I also think at the same time, if Glass Onion does work, which it got the PGA nomination for Best Picture, all that. Exactly. I think she goes along with it. And uh, I just... yeah. It feels it feels so right, and it feels, it feels so. Academy-y. She missed everywhere, and she's worked with everyone, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I really, I really like that pick, and the Jamie Lee Curtis miss feels so right as well. It feels like yep. something that people latched onto for year or for not for years for months, <laughs> um, yeah, and they started going with her jamie lee curtis woke up one day and said hey i haven't gotten oscar in my life i want one and she said i'm said, tired of selling okay, activia yeah. i want an oscar and here's the um, thing i don't yeah. hate her performance in everything everywhere all at once and i think if she wasn't in the conversation this much people would look at least like more highly on her performance I um just don't think her performance is anything award worthy yes I'm like, I keep thinking about like what's gonna be her clip, and I'm like, is it gonna be like her teaching her storming around with hot dog hands? (laughs) Like, and I also my beef with Jamie Lee Curtis, like I don't have any personal beef with Jamie Lee Curtis, but it's like (laughs) the woman never stole a heavenly hand from me. But um, like it's the thing where it's like the fact that she's getting nominated over Stephanie is what's irking me. Is like if she was the only like supporting Mm -hmm. role then like fine whatever i would be like it's not really an oscar worthy performance but okay but it's the fact that stephanie is like making this is her like first major film debut and it's a big splash of a debut and she's killing it and she's playing such an integral role to the whole arc of she's she's ultimately the one selling the multiverse of this of this story in my opinion and And that's my beef with it I missed a lot of this, but I'm assuming we're talking because I had to 
go to the bathroom. You've been here for seven hours. Um, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, beautiful, deserved an Oscar nomination for multiple times before this, but mm-hmm. not this. And the it is putting Stephanie out. Mm-hmm. And um, so I am lower in this movie than everyone, but Stephanie made it into my personal supporting actress lineup. Yeah, and I think it's because exactly what Lex is saying. She carries the multiverse. She is multiple characters and delivers a beautiful performance in every part Also, of seeing her act with Michelle Yeoh. How does she do that as a insane. new, like, I'm yeah. sure, like, I haven't looked into her filmography. I'm sorry, Stephanie. But, um, like, to hold your own with, like, a titan of this industry like that is so yeah. impressive. But... The other thing is, my favorite scene of the movie, and I'm sure for many people, is the scene with her and Michelle in the parking lot. And that should be Michelle's Oscar clip. And how do you not have Stephanie nominated when you're Mm -hmm. nominating that performance? I just, I don't know. And my other thing is, like, the reason I have Stephanie out is because I also, like, it wasn't eligible for makeup and hairstyling. And all those looks are on Stephanie. Like, I mean, yeah. not all of them, but, like, the majority of the cool looks um, that you yeah. highlight are on Stephanie. And I just feel like that could have been its first thing. But I do, like, I really have her at six. And I think SAG really helped. And I think it, breaking so many stats at SAG, like, it was one nomination away from being the most nominated film in SAG history. It needed stunts. It deserved stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you can't overlook, like, she's double nominated at SAG. I mean, obviously, so is Jamie Lee Curtis, but like, she's yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, like, like, and I think, I think, a lot of people are thinking that like Jamie Lee Curtis is older. She's been in the like the industry for so long, but like, she's clearly she did Knives Out, and then she did this, and like, and she's and still clearly on this. Well, yeah, I also should have been nominated I mean, I for just... Halloween, uh, the second whatever it's called. So. I just don't see her as someone that we feel like a pressing need to reward now. Okay, yeah. like you, you said, have... like she's still working plenty, right? And, and she's and still there doing big things. You say she's you just overdue. give it to them, yeah. But like you're saying, she's overdue. You know who fits that narrative is Angela Bassett. Yes, precisely. Yes, yes, yes. Like a titan yes. of the industry, one of the best actors working today. Someone who is severely well liked, like. Talk mm-hmm. about someone who walks in a room, everyone wants to meet them. It's Angela Bassett. Like, I would, and I am lower on Wakanda Forever just because I'm not a Marvel girly. Like, I was lost, but like, Angela Bassett is undeniable in the movie and undeniable yeah. in real life. Like, that she's a goddess among women. We don't need to put Jamie Lee Curtis in because she's Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, you know, who honestly is more overdue than jamie lee curtis too is like uh, in a different category obviously but brenda brenda gleason mm-hmm. yeah that's why i picked yeah. him at golden globes to win like obviously i was wrong i just thought if anywhere yeah. that k Kwan fell off but I, I feel like there's plenty of people who have i mean we could also talk about bill nye like there's plenty of people who have that well, and overdue like, narrative and jamie's not gene smart like has a scene in babylon mm-hmm. yeah she does that's what, what we were talking about when you were gone, what her scene's going to be. Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> but my other thing with Dolly DeLeon, and I know that Jacob has triangle blanking, is... Um, I do, too. I think <laughs> I'm so... I'm with Josh Parm from Awards Watch. I think it's going to overperform, unfortunately. Um, yes, if you're listening and you're like, Kinsey gave 
<laughs> Triangle of Sadness and A on Oscar Central. I did. And then I rewatched it and I think it's a C minus. I'm sorry. Um, I wonder if other people are going to have that experience where they watched it I earlier and have soured on it. Because and you want to talk about a movie that peaked early. Yeah, there's yeah. been no buzz. But I think the thing with Triangle of Sadness is it helps that it's the best of the Eat the Rich movies. And there are so many of them. But I think where it struggles is that it's like just i think where it does not struggle is i don't think that um rich people understand what it's saying it's not tongue-in-cheek like glass onion is yeah so they think like oh my god that's so funny like they're not like um but i think dolly de leon is such a great campaigner for someone i was unfamiliar with before Mm -hmm. i think she does have a narrative as a filipina actress like and I think, like, Neon has really been pushing her. Like, they haven't pushed the movie as much, but they have yeah. been pushing her. And I have noticed a lot of people taking photos with her, like, on the campaign trail, like, celebrities. And I think it's because they saw this movie, they liked this movie, and I don't think her getting BAFTA was a, like, European thing. I think, like, it was, like, the actors like her. Um and I do think I only added Hong Chow in when she got BAFTA mm-hmm. because I don't think this is Hong Chow in the whale. I think this is Hong Chow. You had a great year. I agree. And I think they can't do the menu, even though she's far superior in the menu. But I also think a lot of people left the whale and they were like, Hong Chow is the best part of this film. I feel like I remember at TIFF even people talking yeah. about Hong Chow all the time. And who, 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 who started this Hong Chow thing? I just have to ask, who on this podcast was, like, in March yelling about Hong Chao? I believe it was me. <laughs> yeah. I wish everyone listening could see the way you just point at yourself. <laughs> I, but, because I think, like, it's a downsizing thing. Like, she was so close to getting in for downsizing. Yeah. And she, so she has, like, name recognition. And then I think on top of that, like, people are seeing this movie for Brendan's performance. And I think that, like, that helps her. Because even if you're low on this movie, like, she is fine in it. It's just the material she's given is terrible. And she's tied to a lot of his big scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they'd have plenty to pick from for her scenes. They put out a clip of yeah. her instead of Brendan because they were too scared for people to see Brendan. Yep. They put out a clip of her. So you don't have to see the movie. Yeah. But they did yeah. see the movie. And that movie got PGA. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, Actually, that's, that's a good, that's a good transition film. into uh lead actor. Yeah. Nicole? Where I it? suspect we all have the same four board? in common, at least. Uh, I hope so. I... Yes, okay. Every single person on the site has the same four. Okay. Oh my god, Jacob, why did you do that? <laughs> scared the shit out of me. <laughs> For anyone listening, Jacob's Zoom background is Paul Mescal and Afterson, and he just like left the screen, so all you could see is Paul Mescal. Um, and not that Paul Mescal scary; it was just like very. Uh-huh. Um, so we all have the same four. Everyone on the website: Austin Butler, Elvis, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Colin Farrell, Banshee's Benishirin, Bill Nye for Living, and then Lex. Who do you have in fifth place? Bill Nye. No, you will. No, you can. 
So you have Austin Butler, Bill Nye, Brendan Fraser, Colin oh Farrell. My- who else do you have? <clears throat> who else do you have? Say it for the record. Wait, I can't read. Okay, I have Colin Farrell, Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser. Oh, Diego Calva. There he is, baby. I have him. Okay, sorry. One thing to know about me is I am awful at spreadsheets. I can't read them. (laughs) So I was like, what are you talking about, Kenzie? I I have Bill Nye. And so then I thought you were saying that I put Bill Nye on there twice and I was about to get really frustrated. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I'm sorry. You wanted to emphasize that I, yes, no, I have Diego. I have Diego Calvon here. And so I, I, I stand by it. I, I, you know, I tweeted this. I think a lot of people did. He gives a performance that's very much like a silent film era performance. Mm-hmm, and I think that's mm-hmm. really impressive because of the film itself. And I don't know. He, I I just want more for him. He's my seven. He's I, so I really, good. I think this could be the kind of role where it's more his like, welcome to being a name in the industry. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to get bigger roles from here mm-hmm. on out. I mean, obviously like he's a lead in this, but you know, he's going to go on to continue getting booked. Hopefully. And I'm not sure that they're going to go for him mm-hmm. because I I worry that his performance gets a little bit lost in all of the hullabaloo of the film. That's the best word that you could use for that. <laughs> it is. For that movie. It really is hullabaloo. Um, um, I also I... want to shout out Ricky has Tom Hanks for A Man Called Otto and I have heard a lot of buzz for that i actually think that's a smart like no guts no yeah it It is is. he's a former nominee former winner like yeah he's tom hanks he's tom hanks um Um, and then i think the third the other three of us have the same person in fifth yes um and we'll (laughs) let um his campaign manager speak now i think i meant here's the thing (laughs) <laughs> oh, they... I was just kidding. I was just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, we've been co-managing. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I just think here's the thing. I think that this was the perfect year for him, because I you, think in for everyone any... listening, would you like to say his name? Oh, Paul Mescal. <laughs> was it the perfect year for him? He broke up with Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Well, it's for Nicole and him. Yep. <laughs> um. It's the perfect year for him and best actor because like my six is Tom Cruise and I still mm-hmm. just don't see that happening. Same. The sun fell off so hard, which I could still see it getting in. I understand. But like the movie itself didn't warrant like the conversation. And, and Bardo have... didn't really come into being. Like Bar- yeah, I just want to say come into being that and Daniel White Noise. Paltrow really does deserve a nomination like say what you oh, yeah he's, movie, yeah but no, he's, he's amazing fantastic. At it. yeah um but see and like my thing and is i like, don't think that jeremy pope i do think that um ryan murphy in his speech at the golden globes saying jeremy pope future oscar nominee did help him mm-hmm. because he did obviously have the golden globe nomination but i just don't think people saw the inspection no and i still i mean with after sun i still have the barry jenkins of it all Mm-hmm. Where and Barry Jenkins is promoting his next production project at Sundance as we speak. So, mm-hmm. but I just think Barry Jenkins is really respected, and that's a great person to have behind you. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not even just that he's a former winner; it's that like he, in a, the same vein as 
Guillermo del Toro and Baz Luhrmann and all these like and James Cameron even like he loves movies like mm-hmm. Barry Jenkins loves movies and like if there's one thing he's gonna do it's uplift someone who is worthy of the like praise and that's what he did with I Africa also think and for yeah. Paul you know last year he was in the Oscar nominated film The Lost Daughter yes and then this year getting his big leading role and he also I mean I know like for the for the British section of the Academy, he, the production he's in right now of Streetcar at the Almeida in London has been getting rave reviews. It's all anyone is talking about. Everyone and their mother, including Angelina Jolie, went to see it. Like, that's literally whenever I, I saw those Angelina pictures Jolie. of Angelina Jolie and... And they cut out her daughter. Paul, like, getting <laughs> dinner or whatever. Um, I was like, yep, okay, so she's gonna go talk to everyone that she knows in the Academy, too. Like, here's another wave of votes we for him to get in. downplay the fact of Paul Mescal has started the year getting cast in Gladiator, getting cast in Merrily We Roll Along, like, yeah. getting cast in these massive well, things where people really out like it. as Oscar nomination was going on mm-hmm. yep. for voting. So... Like, that was timing that benefited this and i also think like he got really lucky that after sun did not perform very well at the baftas but that was after voting closed mm-hmm. yeah so like they didn't know that yeah <laughs> exactly and they they a lot of them probably assumed that it would have performed better being yeah. a was the phoebe and paul breakup during yeah. voting, yes. online as voting was happening yes i think so because I feel like that was everywhere you were. Like, oh, poor guy. We'll give him a nomination. Well, um, I just think is that something that, like, you know, made them remember his existence? Yeah. Well, and like, you know what is a like so? Uh, normal people did that get nominated for Emmys? I don't remember. Yes. I'm not a TV girly. Um, but so he's in people's minds that like are in this industry, but also like. I feel like in the same vein as like Steven Young making that cross from like The Walking Dead, like a big TV show to like movies. And like that movie, Minari, was like obviously way more nominated yeah. than the after movie. But yes. but like oh, in twenty-four, he... it was a smaller film. It had a lot of passion behind it. And you know, I don't so Sophia from Oscar Wilde made this comparison but after sun could be of the southern wild and the future performance eric and i were talking about that like director screenplay out of nowhere and that would be amazing i don't think it's gonna happen but like so could i will point out that he also got nominated like this past year at biffa for best supporting performance for god's creatures Mm -hmm. Um, he's having a good year uh, and he won the british academy television award for best actor for normal people and he was the only of the two uh that was nominated for the emmy for normal people because daisy did not get nominated yeah Um, i feel like he is the young up-and-coming you know what it's actor that everybody wants to cast right now with okay not the performance and not the movie but the resume Mm-hmm. Rami Malek, very young, new to movies, essentially, oh. but had the TV recognition mm-hmm. for Mr. Robot. 
See, I, yeah. I've been I've been saying for a while the Minari to After Sun comparison. It's like a little different like, because that movie well, yeah. like performed a lot better, but it is very similar where it's like a small film from A24 with a ton of passion behind it. And with a yeah. child performance in the lead that yeah. was like that is just tear like not tearing up, but like is in the conversation for every like yeah, you know, young yep. actor award. And, and I just and like Frankie taking her picture is very like all these shows is very similar to Alan taking his picture. At yeah, <laughs> and yeah. she just signed with a massive agency. Yeah, yeah. so people know her. Which I also just can't get over the fact that he's in Streetcar Named Desire right now. Like he's yeah. playing one of the be all end all roles of for a man in English in the English language. Like, and I feel like that says so much about how he is perceived as an mm-hmm. up and coming actor. And I'm upset yeah, that we made this whole in. conversation about Paul Mescal. Um <laughs> what would you expect from me? Also he was lovely when I interviewed him. So um I do so, want to but say that like that genuinely said the sexiest best best actor lineup of all time. Yes. But but I do want to say he was lovely when I met him, and I do think that, like, that likability, and there's a humbleness to him. Like, well, he and Charlotte um, were very, like, we're just so honored to be here at Well, Tiff. that... At, and, like, their um, 17th straight festival. Yeah, Literally. because, so, um, Richard Lawson from Vanity Fair mm-hmm. talked about that when he met him at Cannes, he was, like... I've never done this because normal people came out peak pandemic. I didn't have yep. to deal with this. Yeah. And he was really nervous. And Richard Lawson, I don't want to quote him because it's from like May, but was like, it wasn't like fake. I don't know what to do here. It was very genuine. No, it seemed and very I, genuine. He was in a little over his head. <laughs> and But I think like we, I think everybody thought all season Austin Butler was the newcomer young man slot. Mm-hmm. I don't also, think he's that. Austin's he not that young. He's 31. He's the same age as me. Yeah. Um, but Austin has also been on iCarly, so stop acting like <laughs> he's never done anything. And I want I, Austin Butler to win because he would be the first person to be on iCarly to win an Oscar. Okay, I literally you. saw a tweet that was like, if it was like from like discussing film, it was like, if Austin Butler is nominated for an Oscar, he'll be the first person from um, Sharpay's Great Adventure or whatever to... Mm-hmm. Okay, Sharpay's Great Adventure, fine, but, like, I Carly. <laughs> but I do think, like, Austin is the biopic slot, not mm-hmm. the young man slot, which is mm-hmm. why I think Paul Muscal gets in. Because I think we're also, like, there has to be a former nominee. I don't think that's true, because Colin Farrell and Bill Nye feel like they've had nominations. They just don't have them. Yep. But they yep. have the industry vet resume i bet a lot of people if you ask them if bill nye has been nominated for an oscar they would say yes yes. and i mean people within the academy yes and i i also think that paul is seen as someone who like is likely to egot one day yes and And beneficial to them because the academy wants to be first exactly so Mm -hmm. i think that helps slide him in there over some of the you know other potentials and i like like Let's just say it. Adam Sandler was SAG, SAG only. Like, that Mm -hmm. is not... I'm starting to think if that was a thing that happened because of the Netflix deal, but that's a whole nother conversation. I don't think talk about that. But I do think that Universal owning NBC is why the favorite... I'm just kidding. Um, But... (laughs) I'm not having this (laughs) lot. But um, I think that it was more so because 
Hustle did a million SAG screenings and they really yeah. went after SAG. Like, mm-hmm. I think they Which knew that he could random. get into SAG. But yeah. Jeremy Pope would love, but I just don't think they're watching that movie. Same really with Jonathan think... Majors and Devotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I think that if Adam Driver was going to show up, he would have shown up at SAG because that was such yep. an actor's friendly performance. Tom Cruise, I don't buy. It is not an active performance. I don't buy it. Tom Cruise would have shown up at SAG. He would have shown up at SAG. And I just don't think the actors like it, which is why I think Ricky's pick of Tom Hanks, A Man Called Otto, is a great pick Mm -hmm. if you're like, they're going to go for someone. With a former. Nomination. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that is the one. And I'm so proud of him for going for that. Because I do think, like, that movie is actually really loved. Like, I think people, like, once they see it, they're like, oh, this is great. Um, and I think and, the and sun so is the against, opposite. Yeah, against. And type. I think that what works in a man called Otto is like him being against type actually works. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, "There's no way that's gonna work." And then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. And I think that's because he's Tom Hanks. Like, he can do anything. And you know what helps him? That he's an Elvis. Say what you want about yeah. his performance in Elvis, but he's but in he's in it as <laughs> picture nominee. Mm-hmm. A top. Like, Can I I go back to my Diego Calva just Yes, (laughs) I would love to talk about Diego Calva. Okay, I'm gonna, and here's the thing, I could be wrong. I need to make it abundantly clear that I am not married to this idea, okay? But I think you look at Mescal, you you look at Calva. I would love to look at both of them. I mean, you. We can I frequently do. <laughs> I frequently do. <laughs> I think I agree that you can't say Austin's a newcomer. He's not. Like this is the biggest he, thing he's done. He is to the Oscars. To but the like, Oscars, I just but not. To I the think industry. he is such a check mark in this category that he yeah. doesn't. Yeah. I think the same thing, Bill Nye. Um. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they nominated like Bill Nye the Science Guy? That would be really fun. <laughs> they just wrote I would be excited. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think Colin Farrell Bill Nye is a thing. You think that they are have been nominated before? They have like they give off the vet vibes. I think that Diego Calva, like, and I could be wrong. It could swing Paul Mescal, but I think Diego Calva has a shot at being that spot though of like this is like a relatively like obviously not newcomer newcomer but i just think that the justification behind mescal is valid but i personally think it's it's going to be that same justification not necessarily in the way that obviously diego calva is not like booked and busy at the moment as far as i know but like i think that same mentality is gonna apply to diego my personal thoughts i'm not married to it i could be wrong and come Tuesday, if I find out that Paul Mescal is nominated, I'll say, great, is your ex-girlfriend single. Um, but, yeah. My Imagine thing. My... you were with Phoebe and Nicole's with Paul. I would like, have, What like, are we doing? That the is the correct uh, part of the multiverse. Uh, I... <laughs> someone can tell me how to get there. <laughs> I would love for this to work out for Diego Calva. I just, he needed something. My my thing with Diego Calva is for him and to get I in. And I would need Babylon to be like at number four. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. That is the thing I, I do Babylon worry about. Would I have don't to think be Babylon. Best picture. 
where I don't think after Sun picture. has to well, be and best it would need but to not just be in best picture. It would need to be competing to win best picture. Yeah, me. and it's I there's no shot in hell. But would feel better about Diego Calva if I thought Margot Robbie was mm-hmm. nominated because Margot Robbie didn't even get batched along listed, no. which yep. is wild. What's wild, more wild than anything any of us are saying, is that Tom or that Brad Pitt will be the single acting nomination for this movie. Because but you know that's what? The other thing is, I can't let that happen. You like, know what? <laughs> I do think it may be the best work he ever does from here on out. Well, oh, for so, sure. so, so I can live with I, it. I'm pretty sure it was Sophia who said, "Like this would be a great sw- uh, like yeah. retirement film." Yep. And um, like not the way that his character retires. Don't do that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> true. But um. uh, <laughs> like. <laughs> It's a beautiful performance. Like, obviously, personal life aside, like it's a stunning mm-hmm. performance. And it's I've a heard some people performance. say that he doesn't fit the role. I think he is tailor made for the role. I think oh that my, role I is think written it, around him. He's the best him. role of the movie. He is the role. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I don't think that works without Brad Pitt. Sorry. Um, and yeah. again, casting I just him in that like... casting yeah. Brad Pitt in that role feels like when they cast Leonardo DiCaprio as Jay Gatsby, like where it's like. Putting that man in that role is now commentary on the role itself mm-hmm. because there's almost like a meta-ness to it. And I just, it's I go really back meta. to... There's so many scenes where I'm like, I don't even know if he's acting. Like, because this not. could just be hitting too hard for home. But that's the thing is, he's a movie star. That's mm-hmm. what Jacob was saying. He fits that spot. And um, he's yeah. my only previous nominee from all of the males. So... Iconic. Um... Anybody want to say anything else before we move on to a super easy category, lead actress? No? Okay. Um, lead actress. Nicole, right. Is that do me? you want to? That's me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that my first two are currently tied in my predictions for number one. So don't read into me saying one name before the other. Um, but I have Kate Blanchett and Tar. Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere All at Once, Viola Davis in The Woman King, Daniel Deadweiler in Till, and I begrudgingly have Ana de Armas in Blonde. I have the exact same five. Um, I have the exact same five. <laughs> I and then I have Michelle say, Williams as my sixth. Same. And that's, um, just, that's why I have Paul Dano in, is because I have Michelle at six. I mm. just want to say, um, To Leslie is not a movie movie, so we will not be discussing. No. Um I would love eventually to do a podcast episode about campaigning. So I think that would be really interesting to talk about it to Leslie there. I just yeah. don't think that's happening. Um, my thing is Kate Blanchett, Michelle Yeoh, you said them like that. Cause it's alphabetical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, literally because like every day, I, I don't know. I, every day I flip flop who's winning. Yep. Um, Viola Davis does not feel like the person who is everywhere and then misses um oscar i maintain she's not because when she does do that it's like like i don't know like it doesn't track the way the woman king tracks and like this movie was made because of viola davis's persistence and she has made that known every campaign stop that she's made all season long this movie made bank like i think people keep forgetting that this movie made much more than anyone ever thought also i would just like to say not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to do it. Way back on the Awards Watch podcast, where we were talking about like films we were looking forward to 
2022, I was like, I think the Woman King's going to be great. And I think, honestly, it could get Viola Davis in at the Oscars. And she was, was my right. She was my winner from last year, like from like last March. I literally think that like it feels like a biopic role, even though it's mm-hmm. like a fictionalized like um, composite of real yeah. people. Um, but I just feel like there's such passion from her for this project. That, like, Mm -hmm. her making everything, I don't think she was a jury pick at BAFTA. Like, I think she was in. Also, if you've heard her talk about it at all and talk about how, like, the months of physical training that she did for the role at her age. Not that I'm calling her old, but, like, most people at that age don't do that. I think (laughs) people don't realize that, like, there are older members in the Academy that will be, like, amazed by what she physically was able to do and look like. Um, by the way, look like, yeah. um, look, we could do a whole podcast on our arms. Like, let's be real. But I just think like there is, so, it's this performance checks so many boxes, former winner in a different category. Yes. But like yeah, former winner, still... um, in the wrong category, by the way, but, um, like an action role, it feels like a biopic. It is a period beat. Like, it has it so many boxes to check. And then she made every single precursor. And you're and telling me she's missing? She's well-liked and a good she's campaigner. so well-liked. And we can't deny the fact that, like, the Woman King has been performing, not to the best of its ability, but it has been performing well. And I think... Well, yeah. When is the last time been, a, like... It's crazy to say that it happened twice in one year, but like a black woman led film. Okay, but a black female led non-franchise film mm-hmm. directed by doing, a black woman. Directed by a black woman doing this and that deals with slavery in a nuanced way. And I'm sorry, it deals with motherhood on top of that. Doing like, this well at the box office is insane. Like, mm-hmm. movies about these kind of subject matters, like, don't do box office. Like, also, it's a movie movie. It's a movie Isn't it movie. releasing, like, isn't it coming back to theaters? For yeah, like a, it, well, a it did during voting, which I think is something that is very important mm-hmm. to note, that in LA, at least, and I know New York, it was playing every single day voting was going on in theaters. And it was playing at like AMC Prime here, which I still have not, I don't understand what it is, but I know it's like nicer seats and And stuff. I'll say it's my number 11 in picture. Like, I, my thing is, I think it could surprise in picture. I have it floating between like 11 and 13, I think, but like, I really think it is there. It is in contention. And I think the other thing is like, yes, it missed makeup and hair shortlist. Like, yes, in some places, but like, it made places and like we're all thinking like it could surprise and score and it's like okay yeah. at that point why are you doubting viola davis like exactly exactly and i think the other thing we have to talk two things we have to talk about three things danielle deadweiler making bafta yes you could say she was a jury save yes you could say that because the movie blanked everywhere else i think um but that is a biopic performance it is a period piece. It yep. is everything. And you know what? If you're uncomfortable with the movie, you can watch the clip of her giving her testimony on the courtroom scene. And that is enough. Yep. Also, like, and I don't mean this in a in a negative way at all, but it is the type of mother role that I feel like 
Mm-hmm. Oh, people if, like the Academy are more comfortable seeing within him. If you're going through this list, oh my god, yep. you know what's so crazy? Almost every person on this list is portraying a mother of some kind because yep. Anna de Armas, unfortunately, was not able to. Her character was not able to continue, but yeah. Um, but I think I think, I think Daniel Goodweiler's mother role is the type the most- that people are more comfortable with. In the academy, especially yeah, like exactly, Kay Blanchett's will make them uncomfortable. Michelle Yeoh's, I haven't rewatched everything everywhere, but like, so what really resonates with me watching it as a mother is like, I'm a new mother, I'm not anywhere near the character she's portraying, but like, mothers only people that will register this like part of everything everywhere is like relating to her character, where it's like, I can't be romantic with you because I literally am doing everything else for this family and I think that like there are people who will clock that but like the parenthood connection that is the strongest of any nominee in any category is Danielle Deadweiler that you will do anything for your child and that is enough and like that is like like that is enough and I'm sorry but that movie ticks all of the like um the just like generic academy bait boxes like yes. there's crying there's yelling there's everything but i'm in the camp that i think Dendel dudweiler is phenomenal and one of the best performances of the last five years like i don't understand how that's not a winning performance but she's in for a nomination at this point she made bafta she made sag i think you could compare this getting nominated and I'm not even necessarily equating, like, the movies themselves, but Cynthia Erivo getting in for Harriet. Well, I was going to say Angelina Jolie for Changeling, because it is a yeah. lot of yelling and crying and a jury scene, like a testimony scene. Yep. It's very similar. The only difference is that was Angelina Jolie, household name, a well, that's, baby. But that's like, what I'm Cynthia saying. Erivo like, is, I don't know their age difference, like 10 years? I don't know how Cynthia Revo is 36. Oh, so almost 10 years, right? Because yeah. I think Daniel Dodweather is 42. Let me see. Could be wrong. Um, but it's this thing of in a period piece giving a biographical yeah. Um, in a movie that didn't like do super well at the box office, had kind of mixed heavy reviews. Subject matter. Uh-huh. But their performance was almost universally praised in it, mm-hmm. despite any other criticisms, both of which were called too, like, cookie-cutter traditional. Okay, Daniel Deadweiler's 40, so they're four years apart. That's um, actually a great comparison. So I, again, heavy subject matter that not everybody wants to come face-to-face with. You know what, though? But doesn't, I also, I don't think Till pushes too much at the boundaries of, like, I, I th- it's one of those things where I think most people in the academy can admit that like um, murdering young boys is bad. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like in LA. I'm not sure about everywhere else, but for like the three weeks leading up to the release in theaters, we didn't get a trailer. We got this like making of thing that was like three minutes long, and it was like the um I keep blanking on the director's name, but her saying like. I chose not to show the murder, like specifically highlighting that there was not violence on scene mm-hmm. or on screen. And I think that really like helps because it convinced people who were uncomfortable with the subject matter to watch it. 
which leads me into um our all of our our floating five um Anna de Armas and Blonde SAG nominating an NC-17 movie performance I was like I have to put her in I'm I don't know if anybody else felt this way but like I was blinking on her being the one who showed up everywhere that missed but I think that I am the only person that does not think she's good in this movie and um people like her performance and they don't care they it's weird i feel like i thought i said that and everybody goes they well okay i'm trying to figure out a way to say what i'm thinking without it sounding more insulting than i mean it i don't think i think some people don't like her performance they think she's hot oh yeah i mean like and there i have a list of men which is not to say that there aren't people who like her performance i also think it's one of those things where people confuse what she's doing in this movie with good acting and I think she's talented. Like, I think we've seen it in other films. I blame the direction of her I more think than her. The, what you were talking about with Eddie Redmayne mm-hmm. is that the onset experience is what pushed her to have these emotions. And that's what I'm seeing on the screen. And it's yes. making me uncomfortable. I think she's genuinely being traumatized and we're seeing it. I do. And I think, and like, that, watching I think that's it is why contributing people to like it. the performance. <laughs> yeah, I think people, and like the thing they is, like if it was a man, we would all be uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. everyone. But because it's a woman, and specifically, I think a lot of people are leaving this out. It's a woman of color. Like yep. she is being traumatized on screen and we're all watching it and like partaking in it and it's just very icky um i do feel bad it really like has changed the way i view her as a performer and a person um i don't blame her for the movie but like she knew what she was signing on to i'm sorry it's the way that she's talked about it too yeah the way she's talked about it just Mm -hmm. i can't um but i think that this is the biopic performance i think it's the period piece i think it's like everything we said that we could utilize for all these other women um i just plus it goes along with the makeup the makeup nomination and i think that like they are going to do this icky thing where they're like we never nominated marilyn let's nominate this which is giving i need therapy from that um like mental olympics to get to that um but the other thing is if i took anybody out i don't think it would be her yeah it for me personally if i took anyone out it would probably be viola davis i think i I would take out danielle deadweiler because i think that was the jury save I agree. Also, I, I just want to point out Viola Davis. They don't need to do this for Marilyn. I want to make sure I was right, but I am. They nominated Michelle Williams for my week with Marilyn. You and then covered they don't it. need Move to on. nominate Michelle Williams because we did it, Joe. Because she has four nominations. She's no, she's for getting her. in and supporting actress. So okay, look. Okay, I honestly thing. do think the. I do think the last minute like weirdness about like, wait, where is she? um could have cost her votes i i that's why i took her out was because okay, i that think is it's been not run so why poorly. i took her out but i think there are some people who are going to feel like i don't want to speak for y'all but like feel like i do where i'm like okay so you took away from actors in contention in this category all season 
and then you were losing so you want to switch back to another category where I'm Mm -hmm. just like I know that's a no for me not to throw Randy Jackson but like it's a no for me like I I just like I I don't know and I I think her getting left out at SAG and I know she's part of the ensemble but like actors usually really like her and I'm just like they didn't and they liked Paul Dano which just shows me that people understood what Paul Dano did was more impressive than whatever she's doing in this goddamn movie um, I also sorry, sorry sorry to Sammy I know he's here I'm so sorry um <laughs> I think she's funny. giving a genuinely bad performance in this movie I, do too. I don't think she understands the movie she's in it feels to me like she's in a completely different film than the rest of this cast I think it is a um weird at best harmful at worst portrayal mm-hmm. of women's mental health yeah um i don't see much intentionality behind her acting in this movie i honestly like some of it's genuinely meme worthy and not in like it's not like, meant to be ther- funny or i went to therapy <laughs> Like, um, I think it makes sense for her not to get nominated for this, and it sure as hell makes sense for her not to get nominated in lead actress. I do think that, like, the biggest part of it is that it's just, like, she ca- or her team caused confusion the week of nomination voting. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that did more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Um, But I do want to say, in her benefit, I don't know who else is in. Like, if, like, someone falls out, like, I just don't know who you put in because so you have Leslie Manville got a Golden Globe nomination and was shortlisted mm-hmm. for the BAFTA but didn't get it. I mean, I think like- we know who it is. Yeah, I was going to say. We've who, seen who the campaign. Guys, who do you guys think it is? Oh, I? Who do you think it is, Nicole? No, I'm joking about two Leslie. Oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> I was, they I saw was, an opening I, and they said, let's I move. Thought, I literally was like, am I dumb? I was going. Um, I was like, she's getting me back for the Roger Deakins. Uh, Shakespeare. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) No, no, I genuinely, I'm like, it's you know, I've seen them campaigning. Margot Robbie was not long listed at BAFTA. Um, Olivia Coleman not long listed at BAFTA, which is absolutely insane. Is it Emma Thompson? Okay, that's what I was going with. Is Mm -hmm. Emma Thompson had a Golden Globe nomination? She was has a BAFTA nomination. They went out of their Does way to make this movie two eligible. BAFTA nominations? She does have two. Yes. They went out of their way to make this movie eligible for the Oscars. And, She's gotten uh, the rave actor, reviews. The actor got Daryl McCormick? Star. Is that his name? Yeah, mm-hmm. he got Rising Star and a nomination, right? Is yes. I don't have him on yeah. my file of precursors because... He, he, he did. And, um... I mean, and, and it's, like, it's a great performance. It's a great and performance. And it's a daring performance for a woman of her age. And it was a really well-liked movie. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like normally movies about sex work, I don't recommend to my parents because they're baby boomers. I don't know what else yeah. I'm going to say. Um, my parents did love Hustlers, though. Um, <laughs> but I... But I was like, you'll love it. And my parent, my mom recommended it to all of her friends. And they all loved it. And my mom literally talks about it all the time as, like, a great movie performance for a woman her age, but also, like, a great plot for a woman her age. Like, 
I feel like it's a really well-respected performance. And you know what's even more well-respected? Emma Thompson. Precisely. <laughs> it's Emma Precisely. Thompson. And they've not had a chance to nominate her in a while. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about Matilda the Musical because it's like a Netflix movie, it's a musical, whatever. But everyone who watched it, obsessed. It's a reminder of her versatility as an actress. Like, she been... can do it all. Yeah, and I just don't what, think twenty almost thirty years. I don't think it's Margot Robbie is the problem. So I'm like, okay, what do you do next? And then it's like, it's not Rooney Mara. It's not Jessica Chastain. It's not no, Naomi Aki. To it's, be fair, it could be Olivia Coleman because she's Olivia. It Coleman. could be Olivia Coleman. Like I wouldn't put it past the Academy. And I do just want to pour a couple out for Rooney Mara, Women Talking, because mm-hmm. I think it's one of her best performances in so long. Um, Jennifer Lawrence and Causeway and Zoe Kazan and, and she yep. said I think she's and, beautiful in that film she gives such a unique performance that only Zoe Kazan could give and we're talking about his and her Oscar nominations from last year with the beautiful Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons Zoe Kazan and Paul Dano are right there I also want to say pour one out for Taylor Russell for Bones at all I know she's too young really for us to be and it's that all mad that she's missing film, it and if they're ever going to not acknowledge a horror film performance also, it will definitely be a white woman um, pour one out for Mia Goth speaking of <laughs> let me let me have 10 minutes I'm not yeah. kidding wait um, did you talk about his and hers nominations last year and you forgot Javier and Penelope Cruz I actually try to block out Javier's nomination as much as I can. Thank you, though. (laughs) But I will say last year, I was completely right about Penelope Cruz before everyone started pivoting to that. No, the biggest one you were right about was Jesse, though. I was on Jesse Clemens from day one. Like, day one. I was like, that man is getting in. And everyone was like, he's barely in the movie. And I was like, it does not fucking matter. That's how I feel Um, about how early I switched over to Paul being the fifth in actor. Like, six months ago. <laughs> no, not back when long, I was though. like, I'm just gonna do it to be cute and quirky until I figure out who the fifth is, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> well, because when there's that floating spot, you can do anyone, but like yeah. you saw the path. Um, but I do think wouldn't it be interesting if it was Jessica Chastain because she was backed along listed. Listen, I am never gonna argue with nominating Jessica Chastain. I'm sorry, and you know who didn't get COVID at the Jessica Golden Chastain. Globes because she wore a mask because she's reasonable and smart. She's a queen um does anybody else have any other no i think we gotta move before this podcast hits four hours oh my god shit okay adapted screenplay yep is that do you want to go or yeah yeah um what am i doing with adapted screenplay no one knows um but i have and i will be very honest and say the order here really is floating um but i have women talking she said Glass Onion, Living, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, Wait. And okay. I have The Whale okay. sitting at number six. I have it missing. Ugh. I have, unfortunately, The Whale for Glass Onion. I, have... I don't think it's The Whale. Like, I don't think it's Glass. I think it's possible they both get in. I just personally think Glass Onion's blinking. But... See, I had to put Glass Onion in here because I have Janelle Monae surprising. Yes. So, but I do think, which we'll talk about. Yes. Mm -hmm. I do think that Glass Onion. Okay. So, I was either going to. Do you have Ryan Johnson in director? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to take The Fablemans out of the original screenplay, but I, spoiler, didn't do it. Um, Mm. I just think there's always like one shocking snub in 
screenplay both categories mm-hmm. collectively yeah and and that's like, what the whale is for me yeah so I would love it for it to be the whale but I don't want to do it and get yelled at because I hate that I'm... I didn't yeah. I that. said yell at me all you want <laughs> I just I so I'm glad we all have she said I do yeah. think that it getting USC scripter really helped it. I know obviously mm-hmm. there's no overlap or whatever, but like I just think like that put a light back on it. And I do think that like it's kind of had like this surgence since it dropped on Peacock, which is obviously does not matter, but I just think people saw it more. And this is like the lone screenplay nomination. And that is another reason I took Glass Onion out because I don't see having two lone screenplay especially an adapted like in the same category but yeah. i won't be shocked if like but my thing is i don't know what i'm taking out for glass onion but there are two things i won't be shocked if it ha- three things if white noise is the lone screenplay nomination yeah, i can it, see it the whole thing is that that book was an unad- unadaptable and yep like say what you want about the movie but like it was adapted i wouldn't be shocked if guillermo del toro's pinocchio got in Agreed. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be shocked if Living missed just because it was like such a late breaking thing. But yeah. I just think it's in because it is a I like I walked away so blown away one because I thought it was an acting only thing and I was so blown away by the adaptation of it. I and also now am really sold on the idea that it could be in picture screenplay actor costumes. Oh, I'm sold that it could if it gets costumes that it's the 10th thing in picture yeah like i see the path um but i like i just think like there's like two options that you could like interchange in this category and that is why i'm now shocked that jacob took pinocchio out because i was about to transition to jacob talking about why he had pinocchio in and now he's just not no no no. i want i want to talk so for me i understand and I think that All Quiet is safe. And I don't feel comfortable taking out, you know, women talking or she said. Because sadly, I think the whale's in. I like the whale and I don't want the whale to be in. But I think well, the whale is in. Well, even Adriano, Brennan Frazier's campaign manager, um, does not want the whale in an adopted screenplay. Like, I don't want to speak for him, but he sent it to our group chat. But, um, like, I don't think... I'm sorry. Like, the, the screenplay... Yeah. I um and so I want like truthfully I want to put all three of these but there's not going to be three Netflix movies and I think Glass Onion is more vulnerable than okay see Pinocchio. so I think I did a good thing because I only have one Netflix movie on mm-hmm. All Quiet um yeah so I think Glass Onion is more vulnerable than All Quiet and so for me I think it just depends on if Glass Onion performs at all. I could see it getting in. If it doesn't, I think Pinocchio is right there. Cause it's like you said, I know that USC doesn't translate, but it is still the first animated film to ever pick up a nomination. Because it's exactly and- like we were talking about with production design. There has to be a first to, to do it. And it's like, if there's anything that's going to do it, it's a Guillermo del Toro film. And it's, last year people were toying with the idea of him getting into this same category with nightmare Alley. Um, and people and i think people really will look at this 
adaptation and the person like the personality behind it and how original it is still in the same and it's also like i i just got the book that they're selling right now of um the original pinocchio with a foreword from guillermo del toro so they're really pushing like the text of it all and it's been showing up in adapted screenplay places it has you know made its rounds and And i I think think this is a good place for it since like spoiler i don't think any of us have it in picture but like there was all that buzz for picture i think this is a nice consolation kind of prize for it Mm -hmm. like here's an adapted screenplay nomination I, I like think, I just d- truly think those last two slots could literally be like one of four things. Are we going to address Top Gun Maverick? Are we going to address the cursed option? Um I'm going to say it. The whale missing USC scripter for Top Gun Maverick based on a magazine article. <laughs> Are we Okay, whatever. Um I just no. There's no way. There's no way. I want to say there's no way. Nicole, don't do it to me. (laughs) And yet there are things that have happened in the past five years at the Oscars that I thought there was no way. What about The Wonder as a lone nomination? If The Wonder gets nominated in Adapted Screenplay, I will kiss every member of the Academy on the mouth. We'll get The Wonder (laughs) adapted and then Emily in original and... Nicole will have the best time of her life. And I'll be like, that's it. I'm done. I'm backing up. <laughs> I've got everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> um, I I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, because, like, Top Gun Maverick. And honestly, Lady Child Bones and all is sitting right there. Bones just and all is right say. there. Bones and all not getting USC Scripter was so wild to me in place of Top Gun Maverick. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I changed it out just because I have... Glass I guess Onion Glass Onion makes place. more sense than Pinocchio, but like, like on paper, but like passionately, I feel like there's the passion for Pinocchio over uh-huh. Glass Onion because I don't want to speak for everyone, but Glass Onion kind of like came and went for a lot of people that I know. And also I have a bone to pick with their social media department. Um, but I just, I don't know. I wouldn't be like I. I felt bad about taking Glass Onion out, but I. It's just like that the whale is getting in the picture for some people. Spoiler is uh, making me put it in, and the PGA thing. Mm-hmm. But not for all people. Not Spoiler. all people. <laughs> um, no, not me either. Spoiler. Um, the only whales I know in Best Picture are the ones in Avatar: The Way of Water. <laughs> beautiful. I love a tulkoon. <laughs> This could that could be something that I like. I go back on and change before Tuesday, but uh, I it's something I want to see. I would I want to see Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio get in, but you wouldn't be surprised about it versus predicting in and being disappointed. Yeah, and I I I think if it got in for me, it would have gotten over all quiet. Um, and I just don't think. Well, I I think think all quiet quiet is really banking on like this is a great adaptation Mm -hmm. and it's the first adaptation and it's like native german and i think like they keep emphasizing the word adaptation and like you cannot ignore that also a lot of people read that book in school and for anyone who like has any memory of it 
they added the whole thing with Daniel Brühl's character about the negotiations for peace, which I think is a really interesting addition to it. Like it's, it's an, not just, is it like the first big German adaptation, you know, but it was like a, in its original language, but it's also, it's a very impressive adaptation because there are so many times where something's adapted from a book and I'm sure Nicole feels this more than I do um, where they add something and you're like, like ooh, why like sorry I made a face and I just realized we're on a podcast and no one can see my face um but it's like that actually really like helped elevate its themes to the way we all feel about this war like 10 feet like removed from the situation so I think like that's really impressive um but since we're on like hour seven shall we move on to original screenplay mm-hmm. because a slightly uh, easier yeah, category is, is um it? I think that we all have the same four. Yeah, because we all have the same four. <laughs> yeah, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, The Fablements. Yep. As I see Jacob delete The Fablements. Um, no, yeah, it's just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's then... what Lex had to. Lex had to leave, but that's what she had here too. Yes. And then I have Triangle Sadness, and I believe both of you have After Sun. Or my crazy? Yes. yes? Okay. That is correct. Um, I realize I was nodding my head. People can't hear that. <laughs> I know. I keep, we're too far into this podcast. Like, I we're think like, I don't know what's real. The reason I have it is, and I, I, I've toyed with the, I've toyed with everyone getting best director. I've toyed with all three of us getting best director at one point. <laughs> um, and I think, I just think that Charlotte Wells has been winning so many. I mean, she's been winning everything when it comes to first director or first screenwriter. Um, and I think they are going to want to reward her and the movie somewhere. somewhere and I think this is where it's going to be. Um, I also I, feel so good about Paul being an actor. And that's a and great time like nomination. Actor screenplay combo makes sense. It's, it's, ba- I mean, it's the same combo I have right now for Bill Nye, too. Like, yeah. After Sun has been peaking here while Triangle of Sadness. Has been spring to summer. Well, and, and I think physical. Triangle of Sadness, it was never like in it was not performing with critics like for awards or like recognition. I, also, I think that while Aftersun is obviously like a interestingly made indie film that plays with memory and things like that, I do think it's maybe more accessible than Triangle of Sadness. Well, that, and I think another thing that really benefits, it's so funny I'm saying this while I have Triangle Sadness in. Another thing that benefits (laughs) After Sun is the conversation around what they did with Frankie and keeping things from her. And a large part of that is what they did with her script. And I think that is a really fascinating conversation to have and put it in screenplay. Like, Mm -hmm. because that just shows Charlotte's strengths, not only as a director, but like as a writer, like, how do you get this performance out of her mm-hmm. without she her only knows, knowing? Yeah. Like we it, could also just have a whole conversation about taking care of your young actors. But well, I mean, just actors in general, because like look at Anna de Armas and then look at Frankie. Precisely. Yeah. Um, um, and Frankie should be in the best actors conversation, but we're not ready for that. Um, and so should Gabriel LaBelle. I'm very low on the Fablemans, but beautiful performance. Some and... people think Frankie should be in the best supporting actress, but I think she should be in Best Actress. I no, think she, she should be. I, I think she should be wherever she can are. get in, yeah. frankly. 
Yeah. Um, but so I have Triangle of Sadness in just because it is such a quotable movie. And there were billboards here in LA for the mm. longest time that had quotes from the film. And I think that is to its benefit. But like I have After Sun at Six and I toyed all week with which one was in and which one wasn't. I just think yeah. that Triangle of Sadness. It's my six. I think it's in picture. I think it's contending for director. I think that like because it's on the cusp of so many categories for me, I went with that over After Sun just because like there's still this like gnawing feeling I have. Like what if it blinks? But I also think Triangle of Sadness could blink. Like I don't know what to do. Yeah. But it, my only thing that pushed Triangle of Sadness over the edge was that it's a quotable movie and that Ruben Ostlin is a name. And that really What's funny is that you are literally convincing me of my prediction for Glass Onion adopted with those reasons. Okay, but, like, so, like, that (laughs) is a reason to put... That's my thing with, like, both screenplay categories is, like, in that last slot, you could put anything in. And I'd be like, yeah, of course. Like, I could argue anything at this point. The only thing I couldn't argue is fucking bones and all. That's fucking bullshit. Um, But I just think that, like... For Triangle of Sadness, it has Ruben Ostlin's name. It mm-hmm. won the Palm Dior, and he's the only person that's won two Palm Diors, and I cannot ignore that. Yeah. In, in screenplay, at least, because it's like his first English language film. And like, I just feel like I don't know. But like, I also am like, I want Afterson to get in and be surprised about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I will say, I have thought about taking the Fablemans out. Uh, so- I understand I... it's Tony Kushner, yeah. But like, <laughs> what? Ugh. I think it, the script is the weakest thing about it. It's the weakest thing about the movie, and I just like, like, I I look at the rest of the contenders. Banshees, beautiful script. Like, I'm lower on that film than everyone I know, but one of the best scripts of the year. Everything everywhere. I'm also lower on this film compared to everyone. But what an imaginative script! What a beautiful script! There are so many things you can quote. The Fablemans? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm so sorry, and I know that like, oh, Steven Spielberg co-wrote it, but like, what did he co-write? I'm in therapy. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm so sorry, Sammy. I'm so sorry. But, like, I just, like, don't get it, like, at all. Like, in the screenplay. Like, you know, the thing is, I get it as a director's nomination. Like, I get it. I wouldn't do it personally, but I understand the whatever behind it. I don't like the menu, but, like, we're going dialogue-heavy movies. Like, the menu makes more sense to me than the Fablemans. I just don't get it. And I'm also just saying it. There are two movies that make no sense, but I'm saying it in general. Armageddon Time, say what you want, but every stupid person, including Luca Guadagnino, mentioned that Armageddon Time is the movie that they resonated with the most. And I'm like, okay, that's a screenplay nomination. Like, I don't think it's happening, but I'm just saying, like, there is a path for it, which Mm -hmm. is so weird. I think if it performed better at the precursors, I would think so. Um, not like just like whatever, but like I think it got into like just Gotham and that's it. I could be wrong. Um, but the other movie is Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, on its best day, it's in here. Yeah. 
because that's a best picture nominee it's a front runner for a lead actor it's a front runner in like four tech categories like on its best day it shows up here too um and then i'll let jacob say the international feature he wants to talk about um yeah i have decision to leave at seven which i think i i think if I think if Decision to Leave has its best day, I think it can get into um, screenplay and director director and international. But I, I, I understand that it's like still on the outside, but it has been picking up like critics. Well, I mean, that's the same thing as like what I was saying with Armageddon Time. I just mm-hmm. think there's like passion behind it from exactly. Academy voters. And I think that's worth noting. Yeah. Like, and I think... I and think he's people a name. Do like, yeah, people do like Park Chan Wook, and they, yeah, you know, they love his work. And he's never gotten a nomination. He's never even gotten like a short list. And yeah. so, I think that's why that, I wanted to let you say something because yeah. I, I like it's the same thing as Armageddon Time. I just felt like I noticed a lot of named directors or actors like noting the screenplay of Decision to Leave mm-hmm. the same way. I, like I don't like for anyone listening that's gonna DM me in all caps. I don't think Armageddon Time is getting an Oscar nomination. I'm just saying, like, I heard people mention it nonstop. Like, I listened to the Big Picture podcast a lot, and, like, every director that he interviewed name-dropped James Gray, and that Armageddon Time made them cry. And, like, I don't, like, know what to do with that information, but I'm just saying, like, that could be, like, yeah. his thing. Um, Moving on to a super easy category, Best Director. <laughs> I am gonna say I feel comfortable. Oh, I can't can I say it? Can I say it? We're all good on the same four. The Daniels, <laughs> Everything Everywhere, Todd Field Tar, Martin McDonough, the Banshees Venishiri, oh. Steven Spielberg, the Fablemans. Martin McDonald's my five. I feel okay, more yeah. confident about Burger than I do McDonough. I moved I finally moved McDonough into my five because again, like I don't Think well, okay. I'll let is... I did something crazy and took out Todd Field. <laughs> okay, I just uh, I want mean, everyone I, who's listening I to understand. It. So we have a spreadsheet that our whole team fills in for every category. There's tabs by branch, and then um, it's like everyone has like ten to fill in. Other than picture, they get twenty five. Um. But so I can't see Nicole's name. So when I'm like, I think I'm good to say this, I can't see Nicole's <laughs> name. Um, wow. Well, uh, also worth noting that I'm doing it as a like crazy move. And okay. it's not because I think that Todd Field is that weak. It's because I have two other people getting in. Okay. Before we go to spoilers in this category, <laughs> let's just say Daniels have the leg up Honestly, Mm -hmm. they have a Critics' Choice win, which, again, I don't think Critics' Choice matters. I'm just saying. Um, They have a Golden Globe nomination. Also, don't matter. Um, DGA nomination does matter. A BAFTA nomination does matter. Especially, they are the second duo other than the Coen brothers to get this. Okay? Thank you. And people keep bringing that up. And look, if Everything Everywhere was like a max five nominee movie... It wouldn't be be in. Yeah. But But like it's looking at one of the highest nomination tallies. Um, but I just want to say, like, that means they are past this like 
it's breaking us like no it's happening fucking move on with your life um like i'm lower on this movie i put them to number one three weeks ago move on move on i like move on um martin mcdonough golden only nomination golden globe critics choice dga bafta todd field critics choice dga bafta miss golden globe steven spielberg won golden globe and nbr and then he was nominated for critics choice and then he's nominated for dga um Boz Lerman, nominated for Golden Globe and Critics' Choice, long-listed for BAFTA. Edward Berger was nominated for BAFTA. James Cameron, nominated Critics' Choice and Golden Globe. Gina Prince-Bythewood, nominated for Critics' Choice and BAFTA. And then you get into, like, wild shit, like, people who have one or the other. Um, the only two, the only three worth mentioning. Joseph Kaczynski, Top Gun Maverick, That's not nominated for DGA, long-listed for BAFTA. Sarah Polly, long-listed for BAFTA, nominated for Critics' Choice. Charlotte Wells got a first feature DGA nomination and then was long-listed for BAFTA. And then everyone else I don't think is worth mentioning, except Ruben Oslin has blanked everywhere. Not long-listed for BAFTA, did not get any nominations. I think if there's anyone else who could, like, surprise show up not that i have him in but it might be like damien chazelle for babylon I think if, if babylon anyone, has its best day i think if there's anyone else part chan wook getting that back well so that's the other thing well is, yeah that's a nomination mm-hmm. and um that's that's for me he's i have him in at six just because i that branch clearly loves international features and edward Berger for me feels more of like a of lock. a war doc like a war yeah feature like a big budget war film versus a like because i'm gonna say this um my husband not a uh foreign language film guy um his number one film of 2022 is all quiet because he himself said it's not a international feature it is a war movie Ooh. Yeah, that's. I've and heard a I lot think of people that, say that, like, I don't think he's that spot. If that makes sense, like, mm-hmm. I don't have him in because I went with a no guts, no glory pick here. Um, but I just, I think if you're using the stat of there's always like an international feature person here, it's so funny. I don't think it's Edward Berger. I and I don't also have this person in. I think it's Ruben Austin, which is so funny because that movie's in English, mm-hmm. but it yeah. does before this he didn't make movies in english but like um like i just feel like he's an international person to the industry and like mm-hmm. that movie did really well overseas and like whatever but i do think that my thing with decision to leave is say what you want about cold war or whatever that movie was at least like winning things throughout the season from critics groups and it also got a cinematography nomination like what else like i would love decision to leave to get into screenplay and i would love it to get in director i just i would like and i'm not saying this because like i'm against it i just like don't see it happening because yeah i don't like it's still even on the cusp for me in international feature just because like it hasn't won anything from critics groups even yeah, I mean, the only reason I put it at six um, is because, honestly, my six, seven, and eight, I all feel like 
one of them could well i feel my five through eight any of them can get in so (laughs) i'm gonna say it i have boslerman in yeah i have boslerman and edward berger in because you have Todd Field out. Yep. Okay. I, um, I I understand that this isn't three billboards, and I understand that Banshees is a more director friendly movie. I just still, it's one of those things where I I need to see it to believe it if they're going to like accept him in like that branch, and so that's why he's my five, and I feel better with Burger because if All Quiet was spoken in english i think that that's a top two best picture contender and we're not even saying anything else about it you know what it's so funny i was like trying because i personally don't three billboards was really divisive not amongst academy members but in general was divisive yeah but three like banshees isn't it's just like i mm-hmm. feel like there are people who are like me that are like not that high on it but like but what's funny is on Metacritic, Banshees is an 87% and Three Billboards is an 88%. But I will say <laughs> Banshees on Rotten Tomatoes for critics is a 97% and mm-hmm. Three Billboards is a 90%. But I do think that like Banshees has more support, weirdly, even though mm-hmm. I know Three Billboards, we were like, oh my god, what if it wins Best Picture? I Banshees... Is Banshees Martin McDonough is... at his Martin McDonough-ist? Yeah, I feel like it's more <laughs> to his core versus, mm-hmm. like, Three Billboards. Because, like, Banshees is, like, a return to form. Like, it's more dialogue-heavy. It it's the completion of what was meant to be a trilogy with Cripple yes. of Anishman and Lieutenant of Anishmore. Yeah, like, so, and I feel like... Yeah. And I feel, personally, that, like... um. In Bruges is a movie that even though it was like not an Oscar huge player, mm-hmm. In Bruges is like really like special to people. And I'm not saying that because it's special to me, but I just feel like people really cherish that film. And this was like the return of Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and Martin McDonald together. Yeah. And I just feel like, and he moved it to Ireland. And it's just like, I, I also think there's something to be said for if a director is getting four people into acting awards he's getting into director they're doing something right clearly <laughs> i i just think that like if he missed dga i would be like sure but like he didn't miss dga and i feel like mm-hmm. other than the daniels he's the only person that showed up everywhere even over todd field like mm-hmm. um that's why i have him i mean i think the daniels are winning but I have McDonough as the backup to that. Yeah, I think McDonough's because my thing with Todd Field is I feel like it's more likely he'd win original screenplay. Like I don't think he's winning original screenplay, but I feel like people would reward it there over director. I mean, like obviously he could win DGA for all I know, and then like I could change my mind. But I just think that like I think it goes more, even though I have it ranked differently on the website. Um, I think it goes Daniels, McDonough, Field. I, honestly I think Field think... is probably in. I just took him out so I could do something wild. <laughs> no, I think everybody has, like, one category they did something wild in. It's mm-hmm. like, director is so fluid. Like, it makes sense to do it in director. Yeah. I put Boslerman in over Berger. I do think Berger's in. But I don't want to take Boz out. Um, and I just want to say I'm not completely crazy because Kyle Buchanan of the New York Times has Boslerman in. I'm not losing my mind. Like, this is not a... 
I think it's a top contender for best picture. I do. And people who don't, I think it's number four. Absolutely insane. I, I think it's very clearly number think, four. I think the fact that it's getting cinematography, which goes with director mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and it's getting the a lot of below the line crafts. Well, like yep. it's not only getting all those below the line crafts, it's in contention to win at least two of them, maybe three. Mm-hmm. And if the industry was smart, they would rally behind Mandy Walker and cinematography. Just saying. Just saying. Um, but I do want to pull a little. Charlotte Wells could totally pull up in here. She could be like, it's obviously the same thing as um, Ruben Oslin, where it's not, it's in English, but like she's British. So they could be like, that's the international. And like, she's you know, a woman, so they don't have to go well, and here without. She's Scottish. So like even there, more so they could there. pull the whole like. Um, sorry to yeah. the Scottish people. Um, no, but I'm just saying that makes it fe- feel even, which I guess technically in that way, like mcdonough's irish so they could be like done we're good (laughs) um i do want to just say that these are all possibilities do you know price bifewood did get a nomination at bafta i toyed Um, with putting her in as my like shocking person who makes it yeah and like that movie made money Mm -hmm. um sarah Mm -hmm. polly is still a possibility like i don't think she's in throwback to the good days when we thought she was gonna win Yeah. yeah Um, I have our nine. James Cameron, I have him at 10. He's still there. And I just got to say it. Come on, Big Jim. Raja Mooley is there. He's there. Yeah. I don't Dan, think he's It's Dan Mayer's birthday. We have to talk about Raja Mooley. It's true. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, he's there. I don't think he's in. I think he needed to get something, and it didn't get anything. Uh, but it he did like get... something the critics were trying to get started. Yeah, and the they tried, and it just over. didn't. Yeah. But he is there. Um, I do think it's like the Daniels, Todd Field, Martin McDonough, Steven Spielberg. But I do want to say, people keep saying the Fablemans is like rising up. I don't think it is. Um, I just don't think there's the passion for it. So if it missed here, I wouldn't be shocked. But we all said that about West Side Story. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I Honestly, I feel more comfortable with Charlotte Wells as my six. I like weirdly feel because not, you know, like, of course, there needs to be more than one woman, but if they for do. For the past few years, it's been one woman. So yeah. it's like they have their woman's slot, unfortunately. And if they do want to, you know, continue to keep that a thing, I feel like she has, because she's going to walk away with DGA first feature, like, but she could be like your fave, Bo Burnham. Yes, exactly. Um, which the Bo Burnham for, one still for listeners, Bo Burnham beat Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born for DGA first feature, and everyone was like, "Wow, he's getting an original screenplay nom," and he didn't get anything. Um, well, and I think, that's what I you think... get for beating Bradley Cooper. <laughs> and I think the thing <laughs> for I think the thing for Charlotte Wells though is that like her winning first feature wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, like it's it's she's won every single first feature prize in the world. So known that like I could see the directors being like, she's been sweeping the first feature director all season. She has a screenplay that is in contention. She has an actor that's in contention. Like, let's pull her along and put her in as well as you know everyone else. So, 
she's she's honestly probably my six right now and it's like a still like a wishful thing but yeah um, but i but see I, her i could mom. see yeah i could see her getting in all right um, so all right. let's move on to best picture nicole let's do you want to read it. yours or do you want yeah to- okay. let's get in there and you can see what crazy things i'm doing <laughs> oh hold on okay are y'all getting any feedback from yourselves no okay no, good because my airpods just died. <laughs> that is how long we've been <laughs> yeah mine are close um in any case we're just gonna go with it <laughs> so sorry to all of our listeners if the sound quality drops towards the end of the episode if it does it's my fault um show up in but... jacob's mentions anyway yeah <laughs> Okay, so I have. I'm also literally like, where's my tin cut off? I can never tell in the spreadsheet. Okay, I have uh, Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, Women Talking, and Babylon. And those last like three to four spots, I'm, I'm just playing. Um, no, really, I feel good about eight of them and the last two I'm just throwing things and mm-hmm. okay so the only thing I have different is I have Babylon out and I have Triangle of Sadness okay I, okay I have um of course I have women talking out and have the whale in that's not a personal thing that I want I just think it is a top contender in screenplay and it's gonna get up three other nominations and I don't see a five nominee film not getting best picture and i so i i which is how i feel about babylon i have Mm -hmm. it getting too much below the line plus an actor to not have it in this is probably my biggest no guts no glory of the whole thing i personally think that knives out in a year of 10 was a best picture contender Mm. and now that we have a year of 10 and Glass Onion, you know, it might have come and go, but Netflix was pushing it so heavily. And I that's why this is having it in Best Picture. I have it as my 10 and the tri- Triangle of Sadness as my 11. Having it in Best Picture is why I had to keep it in Adapted Screenplay. Um, because I, if it doesn't get Adapted Screenplay, it's not getting picture. But I can see the passion for the movie and I can see the passion for... Um, Ryan Johnson, who, you know, is a very, you know, charming and lovable guy. And the cast, you know, Janelle Monet has been still showing up and winning at places. I could see, you know, I could see it sneak into the 10 and it got the PGA nomination. So, um, you know, it's like last year, I think we went eight of 10 with Tick, Tick, Boom being one of the PGA nominations. And I, I, I think in a year of 10, Tick, Tick, Boom would have gotten in. Um, and so I could definitely see Glass Onion in a set year getting that 10th spot, but I think it's going to be one of the two comedies. Um, and it's either going to be between Glass Onion or Triangle of Sadness. Two Eat the Rich movies. I have The Whale at 11 just because of PGA and because I have Hong Chow in. Um, and then I have Babylon at 12 for the same reason that Nicole has it in that I just like. At what point do I have it getting too many nominations to not be in picture? Um, 
I have women talking in because I think it's still winning adapted screenplay. So I have to sure. Um, And I do think if there's passion for it, it could surprise in either supporting actress or supporting actor. Mm -hmm. I just like that. It is my 10. Like I do. I am a little hope dicting it in. I won't lie. But the whale I mean they're 10 so I also don't know how that balances I also think the thing for the whale is there are people who are like lower on Babylon or lower on Avatar the Way of Water but they might still bring in because they're like well I have to recognize what went into the making of this movie I have Mm -hmm. to recognize all the craft work I oh god yeah if I have it in this many categories under the line I may as well put it in type of thing and the whale doesn't have that advantage and that's why I have Babylon in there like over the whale Mm -hmm. is because I think that also Babylon is a movie about movies like and we can't ignore that yeah, we know that the Academy likes to see that. Um, the ending of that one could be a montage at the Oscars. I, I also yeah. don't see how a lot of people have the whale at number one. I have a lot of questions for those people. That's, I, know, I'm just like, I, don't, I don't, know they exist. I don't mean this disrespectfully, but that's nonsense. <laughs> it is yeah. nonsense. Like, are you... Are you I did see someone earlier today who had All Quiet at number one, and I was fascinated. I do think that I want to take a poll of the Oscar Central Twitter once we have the nominations. Like, how would you rank them? But, yeah. like, I just, I'm lower on Banshees, but I would never put it at the bottom. Same thing with Everything Everywhere. Like, I wouldn't put it at the bottom. Um, it's funny because I was listening to the Awards Watch podcast and Ryan was like, who would put Top Gun Maverick at the bottom? I would. <laughs> I would have it at number 10 of my personal like of my predictions it would be my number 10 no yeah it would be my number 10 because I like the editing scene in the fable ones in the um, <laughs> David Lynch scene that would be my number 9 but um, it's funny though minus the whale in the fable ones this is an all timer best picture nomination list honestly we have everything everything yeah. big budget sequels war movies comedies dramas like everything and let's get Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio in there and have <laughs> animation and I'm sorry get a documentary in there all the beauty in the I was gonna say sorry things. throw in Moon Age Daydream like, yeah there is yeah. some hype there for a while about either in Boss Pitcher and whatever yeah. um I do want to say to the people who think RRR is getting in that ship sailed <laughs> It's not happening. Be so for real. I <laughs> do think that if anything is like surprising in picture, and I I say this knowing that I am somewhat biased about this, I do think the Woman King could potentially be like well, a the surprise nomination here. Made bunny. The Precisely. Woman King has an actress nomination. The mm-hmm. Woman King could get into text. Like, at what mm-hmm. point are you? I think there's a world where it gets into original screenplay. 
Like yeah. if it it could be that it overperforms with the academy, and then it makes total sense for it to be in here. Um, it could come at like the expense of women talking. I also think there is a world where instead of women talking, we get she said here. Well, I think that the academy will be like, this is what we can do here, Pat Pat. Like we did our job, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's how she said gets in. I think they um, want to say we're not these the same academy as yeah exactly exactly i think um for me the big one that maybe isn't gonna happen but i guess could happen in a perfect world would be after sun yeah if it gets acting writing directing at um, that point you have to put it in picture yes yeah and then maybe, you know, maybe Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio too. I mean, you, you can't deny the fact well, that Well, like... so my thing with Pinocchio is that enough people could be like, well, I'm just going to put it in. Like, we were talking about it, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's how it gets in. Yeah, and I you have can't Pinocchio deny that pretty it's low, but it's still in... Yeah. Is there anything in, like, the accepted, I feel like, like, what? There's, like, an accepted six or seven. Oh, that Avatar you think... could fall out. I was going to say that you think could fall out. Yeah, I, think, I Avatar. think Avatar could fall out. I think it's underperforming. It could just be just which is text. so funny. It's underperforming, but it hit two billion dollars today. Mm-hmm. It's well, expected, like, that's I think... the thing is, like Top Gun is the money movie. But that's my thing is so because I just rewatched Avatar. I'm like, do you know what Avatar is saying versus what Top Gun Maverick is saying? Like they're are never movies on a budget scale or just like with the amount of eyeballs that Avatar has that say what Avatar is saying. Okay. I mean this genuinely. It's going to sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. Avatar is very eloquently saying what Don't Look Up was trying to say. And I say that as someone who liked Don't Look Up. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Because I hated Don't Look Up with every fiber of my body. One of the worst Best Picture nominations of Maybe all time. Maybe it was just that I finally liked Leonard DiCaprio in a role again after so many years. <laughs> I like, but I think like Avatar: The Way of Water is saying what that movie tried to say. For everyone's jokes of like it's Pocahontas, it's Fern Gully, like okay, yeah, sure, but like, did it make two billion dollars? Like, no. And seeing a movie on that scale say the things that it's saying, like. I'm sorry, I would never in a million years put Avatar number one on my ballot, but like, just like, that's never going to happen again. Like, that I also, will never happen again. Like, I also I, think that you have crying to get about whaling, Crying about whaling in a movie that made $2 billion? You have to recognize the fact that also, like, the way in which Big Jim is... Big Jim pushing what film can do is developing things for this is you know trying to sort of utilize film to its fullest extent in ways that other directors aren't doing i mean like even if we talk about seeing this movie in 3d is a reminder of what we all thought 3d was going to be well so like my thing is avatar the first one changed everything like every movie was in 3d for like three years um and but like, then sure, nobody knew how to use it like james yeah Cameron but so like sure that's not gonna happen again but like you know a movie every single person was like you know what i'm seeing in 3d was avatar 2 mm-hmm. because they were like that guy knows what he's doing 
And like, I'm sorry, but like, Jim, give me the Titanic 3D cut. <laughs> we're getting it in like three weeks. I know. Like, I, I and now, he's going to sell every theater out. He's going to be number one, number two at the, at the box office. But I just think like, I also really want a world, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, where Avatar and Babylon are both in best picture. Um, like, you could post a picture of Babylon That's and be like, what movie baby. is this? And people will be like, Avatar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want it. Um, I do think the whole it's a movie about movies thing is really important. And I do want to say, I have women talking at 10, which is much, very much a hope dick. But I, because I have it winning adapted screenplay right now. So like, I have to have it in picture. Yeah. So you, you have it for the same reason I have the whale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have the whale at 11 because I think like it got in PTA. It's a possibility for screenplay, which would be the second worst adaptive screenplay win of all time. Um, but I have after like, so I, my 11 through 14 are Babylon after Sun, the woman King and the whale. And I think that any of them could get in the last spot instead of women talking. I just like am hope dicting women talking essentially, but I don't know. And like, I see, she said, I would not be shocked if Wakanda forever pulled it off just because of like the whole, the first one did it. But I just think like that movie is too jarringly a comic book movie. Like Mm -hmm. not saying that as a dig. I just think it's like, it's so heavily a comic book movie. And it has something to say, but it doesn't have as much to say. Yeah. It's just very different from the first one. Um, But it's really funny because like after... Wakanda Forever, she said Pinocchio, RRR. I'm kind of like tapped out. Like, I don't mm-hmm. see a path for anything else. But I mean, it does say a lot about us as an audience and as the Academy that, like, it's a varied, very, varied list of films. Like, it's very different. There's truly something for everyone. And, you know, this is one of the first yeah. years in so long where, like, yeah, there's a couple movies I absolutely despise and think are terrible, but, like, it's not like last year where I was, like, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, so... There's only one movie that, like, could get in that I'm genuinely offended by, so that's honestly better than the past few years. And there's only, like, one Scientologist murderer up for an award here, so, like, we're fine. That we know of. That we yeah. know of. <laughs> um, is there anything anybody wants to shout out before we hop off of this? Um, I don't know how long we're recording. It's almost 8 p.m. here. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, no, not that I no? can think of. Um, I just want to say, don't come for me, people. I know I did some crazy things. I did yeah, I think purpose. It's called No Guts, think, No Glory. Yeah, I think people need to understand No Guts, No Glory. Um, and also, it's because... so much better. To, it's easier to do No Guts, No Glory in the predictions. Than yeah, I also think wins. it's this kind of thing where I'm like, what would be the point of us all having the same Oscar prediction? Mm-hmm. It's boring. Yeah. Um, especially, like, there are so many where, like, four, like, three to four, like, locks, essentially. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. And there's a bunch where, like, the fifth Plot could be like any nine people so like yeah. we can all have someone different um i will i will end by saying that you planted the idea of the wonder getting into adapted screenplay in my head and now i'll be dreaming of that forever i'm really sorry i knew that would be too much okay i'll be um, crushed tuesday morning <laughs> so 
if you're an Academy member, I hope you are listening and I hope you vote for Austin Butler and lead actor. And, and if you want me to kiss you on the mouth, vote for the wonder. <laughs> no, it's too late for that. Cause I already did a nomination for Nicole. We're, <laughs> we're going for wins. Um, and my other win would be the thing is, I don't know if it's getting in. Uh, Todd Field for original screenplay. I'm Kinsey Venunu, and you can follow me at Kins Venunu on all social media platforms except Letterboxd is at Kins Doyle. Nicole, where can the people follow you? And what do you want to encourage Academy members to vote for for a win? Oh my God, to vote for a win. Okay, that's so stressful because I feel like a lot of the things that I would say are things... Are not guaranteed nominations. Right, are not at all guaranteed nominations. You know what I'm going to say? I don't care where you vote for it. Vote for All Quiet on the Western Front. Good answer. Uh, a movie I've been excited about since it was first announced and was so pleased with. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitter. I said that in a weird order. Um, at Nicole Ackman, 16. Jacob what do you want academy members to vote for for a win and where can they follow you um for a win let's you know what i'll just say after sun actor uh screenplay get her into director um at least an actor i i do think it's the best performance of the year and um yeah that's my and... uh and what no, you go ahead. Oh, uh, you can find me on, let's see, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I had to go in a different uh, category than Nicole did. Um, you can find <laughs> me everywhere at tberry57 and on Letterboxd too, because we got to get that sponsorship. Yeah. And I will really? say on Lex's behalf, since she had to leave early, um, I'm not positive what she would say to vote for, but she's a big band. Matilda the Musical. Or- well, yeah, it's her number one. So I'm going to say that she would tell you to vote for Banshees and Best Picture. Uh, and her username on Twitter and I think Instagram, Letterboxd, all of that is AlexisWilly underscore. And that's like W-I-L-L-I. And she keeps promising she's going to change it. She hates being called Alexis, but we'll see if she does. <laughs> we'll see. You can follow us the website at uh, oscars underscore central on all social media platforms you can find our written predictions dropping on the 23rd so tomorrow as of recording on our website oscarcentral.com they may differ slightly from this recording as i was writing them up before we recorded and i course nicole into other predictions um but that's the power of sir roger deacon's um so please follow us everywhere and that's the show